always excited. Wardcast episode 107, go! 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 And we're coming in live. No, we're not. Except they would not. It would not work out. We we tried. We were going to stream today to see how that all turned out, but it didn't. It didn't happen. But that's okay because I'm Dylan Pinto. You're Alex Damrath. I am. And you're Sam Lotion. What's up? <laughs> and we're here in my apartment studio. My studio apartment. No, it's not. It's it's, it's a one bedroom. It's a living room. Yeah. Yeah, there's multiple rooms. There are right. doors that connect said rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to talk about stuff. To talk about things. Let's kick it right off. Alex, tell me mm-hmm. about Szechuan sauce. You're talking about Szechuan sauce. <laughs> so I, I just like I, I did not participate in this in any way, full disclosure, but I've just been reveling in the internet backlash over how poorly mcdonald's underestimated the rabidness of rick and morty nerds and my god <laughs> it's it's great it's great rick and morty intellectuals yes rick and all of all of the neck beards who consider rick themselves and morty intellectuals. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah to be fair though you do have to have a very high iq to understand to rick even and morty. appreciate the to flavor even of such one sauce yeah, exactly <laughs> to even taste it not for mere mortals you can't only even rick and morty enjoy fans. it if you don't have it just that tastes really like high brain power yeah so <laughs> uh, so the virginia pilot uh which was my local newspaper in virginia beach was like there's only two locations in virginia beach that are going to have the szechuan sauce on saturday october 7th and i was like who gives a fuck why is this a news article who cares oh my god goddamn cartoon meme sauce well i mean people people stood in in line for hours when that fucking truck do you remember the Rick and Morty truck before season three started? No. Was rolling around? Nuh-uh. Yeah, they, they did like a tour, a Rick and Morty tour with this truck. They did. It looks like, like Dan Harmon looks did? like Rick. Uh, I, think, I think Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland were around for some of it. I, don't, I wouldn't really pay attention. But I do remember seeing pictures on Instagram and stuff of, of just like these huge lines of people that are just like trying to get a Rick and Morty t-shirt that you can buy on Amazon or something. Jeez. Right. At this truck. Great. Hey, Rick and Morty I, fandom, it's a look, special thing. I'm not above standing in lines. And hell, yeah. I wouldn't even say I'm above standing in lines for food items. You know, when I walk by on Halloween, I walk by the Chipotle and there's a line going out the door. I don't judge. Yeah. Whatever. Get your free burrito. That's fine. I'm above standing in line with a bunch of people that can't go 10 minutes without screaming pickle Rick. <laughs> now that, yeah, now I, that I, we I'm can agree that. on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's funny, though, hearing some stories about just how poorly this was handled and, and how it relates to your experiences, like trying to get SNES Classics or, or say, mine, trying to get Amiibos, and that apparently at the LA store, which was like the biggest turnout, mm-hmm. uh, quote-unquote, says what? the internet, about 2,000 people and, and maybe 150 packets of sauce for the restaurant. So these are, so, did, do you have That's you actually it? a really small amount of... I worked in food service at one point, so that's like that's, that's like a, a really small amount. Small. Yeah, yeah. Because like, really are they packets small. like like ketchup like packets, or are they like I, like little tubs? Like I the was little... thinking they would be the tubs, but I'm yeah. only hearing the internet refer to them as packets. So maybe so they are. Maybe like they are the just like packets. ketchup squeezes. Yeah. Um, and and apparently, they didn't go by like first come first serve, but they walked out with like raffle tickets and raffled off the 150 packets. 
So the guy who was first in line, who apparently was waiting for like 24 hours plus, didn't get anything. And like, that's, that's just awful. Yeah. That sucks. That's right. pretty bad. Rick Dude Mor- was in line and waiting for 24 uh, hours. Awkward Rick or Morty fan or not, I would feel really bad <laughs> for someone who like rightfully has, should have a chance to taste this and, and didn't. Yeah. What a burn. Seriously. Damn. So can you imagine waiting in line for your SNES classic? I wouldn't wait and 24 then, hours. Like we didn't okay. even, we didn't even need to wait fucking however long we waited. Yeah, but even if they waited, not 24 get, hours, did, but if they just raffled your chance away. Yeah, that'd be shitty. Like I, I, yeah. I would be infuri- infuriated, but so. also like, damn. How, on on one on hand, neckbeard, sweaty nerds waiting for hours for a packet of McDonald's sauce. On the other hand, McDonald's handling this in literally the worst way possible. Yeah, I, you know, oh, it's such a bad combination. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. just the indignation that you were reading to me on that Reddit thread was just like, how dare they? Oh, it's, I'll never eat a McDonald's again. Yeah, no, yeah. Will. this is so mad. Yes, you is... will. You're opening the Uber Eats app right now and fucking ordering McDonald's. <laughs> you sad, sad man. Oh my god, I didn't even read Reddit. A little, a, a little bit of it bled into my like Twitter. Feed, but I didn't. I I imagine Reddit was a shit show. Yeah, I never see like that. I never see like these d- gross parts of the internet. I only ever see people reacting to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, people. Some people are like, please stop complaining about the fucking cartoon sauce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like no one cares. <laughs> the cartoon sauce. It's it's been great to like to just grab a tub of popcorn and like go through some of these threads. They're awesome. There was someone in one of them. It was massively downvoted, thank God. Like, there was some sense among this this collective, but this guy was like, I am filing a class action lawsuit against McDonald's. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For this promotional item that also, they did not, like, make any sort of promise before it. They just said, we have it. Right. Yeah. I mean, clearly, there's a market for it. I mean, I, I think they'll, there will be more Szechuan sauce. I, I think there like, will. Like, second marshmallow. You know, like, like there will be more. There will be more Szechuan sauce. Just go fucking make your own Szechuan sauce. Yeah, there's a recipe. Like, if companies realized, like, oh my god, this sells out so fast. God damn it! Oh, maybe we could print some money. I don't know. Like Nintendo coming back and making more NES classics. Yeah, Yeah, we're at the like the first round of NES classic stage with McDonald's right now. Right. They're like, oh shit, this sold out way better than we expected. Let's make more. Yeah. Let's, huh? I wonder if we want to make money today," said the large business. Said the large yeah, right. <laughs> multinational corporation. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. The thing is, like, you know, yes, I feel I feel bad for these people, but also like, they can be the fucking like Rick and Morty fans can be the fucking worst. They can like, be. I like Rick and Morty. It's a funny show. There's some parts of Rick and Morty I don't really like, but I feel like if I were to tell any of these people that, they would like just foam at the mouth. Yeah. And I just, I can't stand fandom in, in most forms. Fandom ruins everything. Exactly. The moment your your shit becomes so popular that everyone in the world wants a piece of it and feels like it's a part of them and therefore feels entitled to like come up with decisions about it and think that they are entitled to as, as much of this intellectual property as the creators have, mm-hmm. that's where it starts to become a problem. Yeah, I mean, Dan Harmon just like a couple weeks ago was like addressing like toxic... Uh, sexism because people were like complaining about saying Rick and Morty season three isn't as good as the other two seasons and it must be this one female writer on staff's fault. Oh my god. Like, 
Fuck you. Fuck yeah. off. You, you have no right. It's uh... actually I liked the season better than the other two. I like parts of the season a, a I lot. I thought it had a rocky start, but by the end, I was like, "Damn, this is really sweet." That yeah, it was good. Did you guys, you guys all caught up? Yeah, 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 we right, saw yeah. cool. That yeah. part, that Citadel episode, that was one of the best episodes. One of the in best a while. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, I like that very one. Clever. Yeah. Um, I don't think the ending was great. On this, this I feel season. like a lot of people. I, I sort of agree with the sentiment that that the the finale should have been swapped with the Citadel episode. It would have left a stronger impression. Yes. <sighs> because that yeah. was the problem. Is because once that Citadel episode ended, I was like, okay, the rest of the season is going to be about evil morty yeah and like and them fighting him and then it just immediately and we got a good beth episode and then sort that of was a, a pretty good episode mediocre whatever the hell the president thing was yeah but when he fights the president that's uh, that's a that great scene, scene that scene's pretty good <laughs> it re- it's it's like the uh, the one where they remove all their toxins and the rick and the yes. evil rick oh, have the yeah, fight yeah. In the house where it's yeah. like a bunch of weird technology just keeps popping yeah. up yeah and it's clearly the writers just throwing shit at the wall right. and seeing what sticks uh and Keith David playing the president, always a good, always, always a good great. pick. <laughs> Big fan of that. I love how Keith he David. doesn't have a name, he just calls him. He's like, "Hey guys, U.S. president here." Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Keith David. In whatever he does, yeah. he's uh, he's got a recurring uh, minor character in Adventure Time. He plays the the Flame King, and he's always fantastic there too. Mm. That's good. I yeah. like that Keith David has a sense of humor. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> since he played himself in Saints Row. He yeah. obviously has yeah. a sense of humor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I like the season. Um, I so I'm I'm personally I'm more of a fan of like the bittersweet existentialist kind of nihilist Dan yeah, Harmon yeah. stuff mm-hmm. than I am like the whoa sweet poop joke like fucking Justin Royal and stuff. Mm. Is um, that is that the delineation there? Practically, because I, mean, I thought it was like intermixed. Like I thought they were both like, hey, Mr. Poopy Butthole is a very funny joke. I'm like, no, it's not. It's I think, both of them kind of running into each other at full speed for the right, most part. Which I think is why it's hard for them to write the shows because they're sort of pulling each other in, in other in you know opposite directions. And I couldn't imagine. It's it's a it's a show that's born out of a really synergistic creative conflict. Right. I think which Dan, is which is like really cool, but also is like a very fragile thing to balance. Um. And yeah, so I, I, all, all I'm saying is I just this this season felt like it had more of like the like Dan Harmon was a little more coming through a little bit more in the season right and i i like that stuff and so it was i mean it was obvious, my taste. it was a very obvious like extension of the finale of season two because the finale of season two was really good like, yeah kind of that self-sacrifice stuff um and i was expecting like an, something of that impact for this season finale and then yeah we got the the president episode right which in parts was funny in parts is like is this really what we're going to spend the last Episode it was, was kind of weird that it sort of undid every conflict that was happening from the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, when they got yeah. really meta, and it's like, it's just like season one, except yeah. a lot of the character conflicts are, it's going to be more streamlined. Like, yeah. this isn't, no, I don't like this. No. Fourth wall jokes, man. No, they never work. <laughs> Only, not even in Deadpool. I, Barely I think De- Deadpool, Deadpool pulls it off. Barely. Because that's Deadpool from, from like day one and his comic iterations was yeah. him breaking okay. the fourth right. wall. It's, I do like the part... Where he does a flashback and he does another flashback. He's like, fourth wall break within a fourth wall break. That's like 16 walls. <laughs> Sorry. He's pretty great. Yeah, fourth wall jokes like that, I feel like either they don't they don't they don't work when they when they feel like or actually do have an agenda. And yeah. that one totally did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, yeah. So anyways, video games. Yeah. Uh Alex Damrath. 
founder of Brain Deer Games. Hi. Hi. It's just to say that again. It's so sexy when someone calls me a founder. Like, oh, oh, yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> At Brain Deer Games on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been playing some Cuphead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it finally came out. It did. After... 300 years and i thank god every day it didn't turn out like no man's sky where everyone was just like <laughs> everyone got everyone on the internet that like even people who are non-gamers got so hyped about like oh look at this game it looks so pretty and everyone's gonna expect it to be you know something that it's not mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and cuphead was very straightforward cuphead was like we're difficult boss battles this is what you're getting and and it delivers it delivers so well nice and it's not um it's not a bad difficulty. It's not the kind where you're just like getting super frustrated all the time unless you're prone to that. Uh it feels like all of your deaths are your own mistakes and there are patterns to recognize and 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 enemies to like conquering a boss fight feels like you really put the effort to learn and, and get better. So you know, I hate hate the Dark Souls comparison, how that comes up everywhere. But I oh, can it's see like it. the Dark Souls of indie it's games. It's the Dark Souls of 2D shooters. Like, it's the Dark sure. Souls it's so, of bullet it's hell. It's so not that. Like, yeah. no, I never. Dar- Dar- in Dark Souls, death is progress. Like you're su- you are supposed to die. Yeah. all the time. Like mm-hmm. death is a tool in Dark Souls. In Cuphead, it's just like it's just a, death is just like you failed the test. Right. Right. Retake it. Study harder next right. time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more straightforward. It's like the bar exam. Yeah. 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 It's it's good. It's I mean like the animation is solid, like as it should be. That's that's where they were coming from from the from the very beginning. Everything about his presentation is top notch, and the gameplay is solid to go with. There's so many like yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. like I like the part where you got to resurrect your teammate, and when you stomp on them, they're like, "Thank you." Yeah. And then, they come back. <laughs> and then when you go into the shop, the big pig guy pork rind, he's like, Rawr. "Yeah." Like all this like very like muddled audio and stuff was, oh yeah it was funny because i was listening to uh giant bomb talk about it and a lot of them were saying oh i love that like purposely bad audio it sounds like it's from the 30s yeah and then yeah. jason who's one of their video producers he's like no I, no i hate it because he has to listen <laughs> to audio and it's like if he sees that he, he registers it as a mistake and uh, i feel like i would do the same thing as a podcast recorder hmm. and editing the podcast if, like i hear a bunch of like crackle in the background music, I would freak out. Didn't they use like an actual like like Disney style soundstage? I I, I couldn't tell Produ- you. I, I think I remember hearing about that. I'm not I'm I'm not sure like what exactly it was, but they did actually go to some old locations where that super happened dope. and, and, and they were found. Trying to yeah, there are, there are all those videos of the uh, like the ma- the animating of and like how we their animation process, and that's cool. But I'm really interested in their audio process. Yeah, like, that's that's what I want to see. Uh. It's also just got that great ragtimey thing, like like throughout, like the, yeah. the your character <laughs> shooting is like him snapping his yes, fingers yeah. repeatedly, <laughs> like Adam. He's got finger guns. <laughs> yeah. Um. Since we kind of going off like kind of like their process, um, when it came to capital, like the amount of money they spent on this, I don't I don't have a figure, but I'm pretty sure Microsoft gave them some money to go exclusive, mm-hmm. console exclusive. But apparently, one of the developers like refinanced or pulled a second mortgage out yeah. for his house to pay for development. I'm yeah. just like, dude, That's... no. <laughs> like I'm I am I'm, I'm super glad it worked out for him. Yeah. And I hope he gets enough money to pay that off. But it's all coming back to that Cliffy B article 
on like you're not gonna make it you know where he's like very straightforward about it not Fli- cliffsky yeah not cliffy b it wasn't cliffy b no it was cliffsky, cliffsky. yeah oh, okay gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah i just feel like but what if this wasn't the one man right what if it wasn't that's terrifying what if it didn't go over well yeah seriously well i mean i think that article is more geared for someone who just like doesn't know, know what they just doing. started their kickstarter yeah you know unless uh, unless like someone who's micro there's you know some microsoft person is just like funneling money at them you know it's like but obviously they weren't like funneling enough if they if he had to go out and do that did he do that before microsoft i don't, was, I don't know i don't know was on board or but he was he came out and was very like you know i got to you know this is what i did to take care of the <sighs> make cuphead a reality it's it does like, it does definitely make me uneasy i don't think it's quite the same thing as that that cliffsky article but it's definitely no but it, it runs it's the same. definitely like oh man don't do that yeah yeah just, you just kind of clench a bit and you're just like that's... yeah yeah mm-hmm. but super glad i'm really glad i've heard a lot of good response to it yeah everyone like 11th hour everyone was still just like oh, it's good it's oh the game's good it's good <laughs> i don't know why people wanted to fail so bad like i don't think people wanted it to i don't fail. think people wanted it to fail but it definitely fell into this category that you could see no man's sky doing yeah. from the beginning where mm, people who yeah. weren't gamers were still getting excited at like the pr- the technological prospect of it right and when that starts to happen you start to get people who sort of don't understand the process to right. understand what goes into it don't under- don't know what to expect and they inflate the expectations. And they yeah. inflate the expectations. Because, I mean, right. just like, I was thinking about this the other day. It was like, it's so crazy. It's like, it took us so long to have a game that, like, this art style just seems like, this seems like super obvious from, you know, with hindsight that, yeah, this feels like a great art style that would translate well to a game. Like, why why didn't a game like this exist beforehand? Because it takes nine years to animate. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but the point is, is that it is f- so striking immediately is that, you know, you show, I don't know, you show most art styles to people that don't play games. They're like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it is. Maybe it's photorealistic or pixelated or whatever, or 8-bit or low poly. Like, But something that, you know, old-style Mickey Mouse that's so entrenched in popular culture and media, yeah, I could see that immediately, like, taking hold of people and, like, inflating the, the expectations for this game. Yeah. yeah. And the game is originally, like, going to be way smaller in scope. Wasn't it? Wasn't it like I mean, a, it was boss gonna be a boss rush? Yeah, boss rush. And now it's got like side scrolling levels with a bunch of enemies that come at you. Way more bosses. It's not quite a rush. You have sort of time to relax and, and redo bosses if you like. And, you know, it's not one right after the other like they were originally planning. Did you hear about the hard mode? I did not. It's uh, it's in black and white. Wow. That's how you know you're in hard mode. It just flips at the grayscale. Which I know okay. about the, the power ups, like the things that you double jump off of the, yeah, the red there, things there's, there's the the reflectables yeah. or pariables or something yeah. yeah so this is really cool sam i don't know if you know about this but so um to build up your your gauge so there's a bunch of fighting game terminology in this game right yeah but so you have a meter for like special attacks uh-huh. to build it up there are things in the environment that are colored pink that you jump off of and that builds your meter um so you'll jump on them and then you hit a at the right time and you'll jump off of them uh, and it can be anything. It can be like bullets. It can be enemies. It can be parts of a boss. Like anything, as long as it's pink, it's like you know that's that's parable. Uh, that's yeah. parable. Uh, it's really cool. Um, but is, in black it, and white is that mode, the same thing always? Is it, uh, is it always the same stuff? 
in every level? From what I saw, it's like variations on it. So like the one of the very first bosses you'll fight is this collect this group of like three vegetables. It's like in a mm-hmm. phase of potato, onion, carrot guy. Sure. And the Obvious, onion, the course. onion's attack is that it just shows up and starts crying and like drops raindrops from the top of the screen. And the 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 raindrops, some of them are blue and not parable. Some of them, some of them are pink. But there's mm. also this fight with the potato that fires off like rocks, and then every third rock has a chance to be a worm instead. And because the worm is pink, you pick up on like, oh, maybe that's parable, and you can. Right. Yeah. Uh. So sometimes it's like amidst a sea of the same projectiles, uh-huh. and sometimes it's a unique one that you have to learn or. or figure out but, it, but if it's black and white yeah and there's exactly. no other indication well so they are they do glow they put like a yeah, they like, have like a, a little glow around radius them. around them so they're a little brighter oh, okay. they, yeah. they have a drop light or yeah. drop glow on them like you'd put in photoshop just like drop okay. light yeah, yeah, yeah so it's still that harder it a little it's harder to tell but it's not impossible right yeah it, there's a minor effect on it right but yeah sounds cool yeah that another, sounds really great. Dope. another game i'm not going to have time to play because <laughs> i'm way too busy <laughs> yeah uh and also I don't know if I could do a hard game right now. Yeah. Apparently PewDiePie was talking some shit, obviously, because that's what he does to some female games critic. Saying like, she's bad at games because she didn't like PewDiePie, or she didn't like Cuphead. Or she didn't like Cuphead's difficulty. It's like, what? Dude, with the D- Dean Takahashi stuff we just had, like, you really? And the shit you just did? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I was talking about this. going on? This with some people on Twitter, but like, difficulty, like, like mechanically, right? Like from a mechanical perspective, is the the most commonly applied um, mechanic in any in, in games. Period. And I'm I'm wondering if we should start making some games without difficulty, like without a fail state. Um, Do we not have some of those? I mean, there there are some, um, and there are like easy games that still have difficulty. But I mean, without difficulty, period. Mm. Um, like like Gone Home doesn't have a fail state. No, um, but it does have difficulty. Yes, where you have to like, where you have to like think about, you know, you can brute force gone home eventually. Right? You can brute force the witness from what Tyler told us on the Slack. You can't brute. That was bullshit. Of course, <laughs> I played a shitload of that game. You can't brute force the witness. Also, you can I mean, win PUBG by hiding. You could, <laughs> but it would take you forever. And then there are puzzles that are they're randomly generated puzzles in the witness too. All right, so uh, well. Does does witness have a fail state? No. Okay. So ha- like gone home, it doesn't. But it's difficult. Like you're right. Well, it's it's difficult. It has, I guess its fail state is more or less you just can't play Progress. anymore. Yeah. Like, well, you just, just like haven't you just haven't learned it enough. So it doesn't have like a it doesn't it doesn't do any it doesn't like set you back ever. It just is like all right you're you you're mentally not prepared for this area, so you have to go right learn the other stuff that would allow you was, to, was, to do this. I was trying to make a joke at Tyler's expense while also making a par- parallel comparison to that and gone home. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it, it hit rather well. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, I think, I don't know. Like Cuphead's cool in that it's a game that's pretty much just about mastery. Like that's like yeah the theme of Cuphead. Uh, but I think it would be cool to have some games that um, are very, like, like uh, did, you, did you ever play everything? I played it like for five minutes with you at your place. Yeah, it's at the um, party. very. There's no difficulty, right? There's it, not even a fail state because the whole game is about how nothing matters. And yeah. I think it's really cool because it makes it makes the game super accessible. Anyone can pick up and play it. Um. So when you say no difficulty, do you mean like no surface difficulty? Like, cause 
because Gone Home doesn't have like a difficulty selector on it. But like you said, it still has challenges within it because, you know, I, you know, if there's a difficulty selection, I'm either going normal or below. Like I'm going to do normal, easy, very easy, something mm-hmm. like that. Bethesda games always do the lowest difficulty. Um, and I remember reading a while back how there was like some sort of psychological experiment that people did with difficulty in games and that players don't actually like when the difficulty audio auto adjusts right they like to be able to select difficulty right um even though if a difficulty auto adjusts the player is more on the chance of that like perfect flow state of winning at the skin of their teeth kind of thing Mm -hmm. right uh but when the player is told that hey the the difficulty scales to your skill they get agitated Mm. yeah um I think that's why it worked so well in Resident Evil is because the the, the in Resident Evil Four they made they no shape a lot of, of the difficulty and they just don't tell you yeah. right um, now if you're you know someone that plays games a lot uh, it's like kind of obvious but like the first time I played Resident Evil Four I was like younger didn't hadn't played as many games wasn't as literate and so I didn't didn't there were a lot of times where I playing beat something. on your chainsaw GameCube controller yeah <laughs> there, there's just like not as you know i didn't notice much of the auto adjustment as much as the auto adjustments i think i would today um but no i think difficulty is like to answer your question i think difficulty is a really fuzzy term um so like using everything as an example a game that you know would seem not to have any difficulty um you're still in everything trying to configure the world in a way that's like entertaining to you yeah right uh and that's that's like um you can mess that up right like you you so so there there's difficulty in 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 terms of like self-imposed difficulty and gone home has uh has difficulty in terms of um you just need to think about this a little bit more uh same with the witness or something like that but they don't have like skill walls right right i think that's kind of what i'm referring to is like 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 you know classic boss fight right like if you it's 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 instead it's while also being like a cool awesome battle it's like a test of the player's knowledge of the mechanics and stuff um and those i think really like some people really don't like that you know yeah um and i don't think that you're inherently a bad player if you like like you're bad at games or something no i don't think so either. like bad at games shouldn't be a concept no right um and if we make games for people who like think that way or make games that like re- that like reward mastery in that way too much then you're just like ignoring like a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of ideas that can't exist with mastery as yes. like the main theme of the game. I agree. See what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I also There's get a- frustrated at things like um uh you know dedication to like hardcore modes or like save scumming and things like these, these kind of fall into those, that category right. as well uh right because sometimes you know i just want to play it play a game like i don't need to play it at the highest tier some games i, I want to like a competitive shooter i would yeah. want to but like other stuff not so much were you gonna say something alex uh i i was actually gonna plug um favorite youtuber joseph anderson who recently put out a, a cuphead satire video on him 
not being able to get past the tutorial. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like he does really, really in-depth tuto- uh, reviews. Like, right. I think I posted a video of his, and everyone was like, I can't watch that. It's like an hour and a half long or something. And like that's average length for his reviews. Right. What was it for? Uh, Breath of the Wild. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and he does like a 20-minute review of Cuphead where he's just talking about the tutorial level and how complex and in-depth and how amazing this tutorial level is. It's just <laughs> That's good. And That's it's awesome. I like and that. It's like the first satire he's, he's done on that channel and it caught me off guard. And it was great. That's so. awesome. Dean Takahashi, the guy that made that infamous one that kind of kick-started this renewed conversation about difficulty in games over yeah. adventure beat uh he made one too after cuphead came out and it was like <laughs> called like dean's redemption or something like him playing through the tutorial again and doing it right nice yeah yeah that was really funny like he's been around a long time yeah like i was looking at his byline and i was like this guy's been i don't know why people that don't know anything about games criticism are shitting he on this sucks guy at games though he should he should he should, games. shouldn't have any opinion yeah. on games <laughs> it's nonsense but cuphead are you gonna beat? Are you gonna beat it? I'm gonna try. Okay. I, what I really, really, really want to do is get my brother in on it because I, I think talked about this in the Slack where uh, you play Mugman. <laughs> he's uh, he and I have very fond childhood memories of playing Alien Hominid like once every other afternoon. Oh, shit. From like beginning to end. Yeah. And said so, like this is our jam. Plus he loves old cartoons and has been pretty excited for Cuphead. So. Yeah, he's been talking about it a lot. I got it, and I've just been like, I, I don't want to go through a bunch of bosses without him. Right. So I'm I'm holding off for a little bit now. Have you seen the uh, the Cuphead Funko Pop? Figurines? No, no. Well, I'm not a huge fan of Funko Pop, but they I, actually I'm not look either. like. But they look they look pretty good. Like they, I have they the, look uh, like the actual characters though this time. So I'm not. I have the Steven Universe one. Like the, I and can't stand those. No, well this one, I like this one because <laughs> it's proportionally correct. Okay, yeah, so, it's not too bad. Like I like that one. Uh, yeah, all the I other like ones the I can't stand. They're lifeless. Um, yeah, these terrifying. Ones are... <laughs> um, oh, have you seen the Brickheads? Like Legos, Funko Pop. Yeah. I don't like those. I don't like them either. Not a fan. Sam, what's your opinion? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you never seen the Funko Pop figurines and big head things? I, Everyone's I, like, oh, I, they're so collectible. I just uh, learned that's that's what the name of them is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. I've yeah, I'd seen that thing before. I was like, oh, it's one of those. It's one of them's. Not not knowing what it was, but yeah. Some people I follow on Twitter will get one and like, look, I got one. Like, sweet. It was I, I was walking is. around like a vendor's room at an anime convention or something, and one guy just had like a booth that was nothing but Funko Pops. And and just, he was he was really carnival barkering it up like just shout like pointing people as they walk by like you come here try them out get one of those and I was and and <laughs> bring I remember, one home to your darling yeah <laughs> and and come I, one, I remember on. being very clearly like no thanks don't want one and he's like I understand once you get one you can't stop getting more and like, like <laughs> and I, just, I really really like didn't it was like holding back like like no just being like no I just hate them thank you <laughs> <laughs> they represent everything I hate yeah. <laughs> They look ugly. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no, he's yeah. kind of a cute little dude. Yeah, like I said, like the Steven Universe one. Yeah, that's actually the most correct. okay one I've seen. Yeah, and even then, I, I don't like the eyes. Did they do anything? No. Can you like just, move them? Oh, just, they just stands there. They right, just stand there. You just look, buy them. His hair looks like the poop emoji. So it's actually, uh, <laughs> if you watch Steven Universe, his mother is uh, Pickle in, Steven. His his mother is an alien whose motif is a rose. And so oh. the back of his hair is supposed to look like rose petals on that little figure. Oh yeah, kind of. Yeah, huh. you know what? It kind of. I never does. picked up on that. Did you not? Oh, no. Okay. 
Do you watch Steven Universe? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while. Okay. Um, yeah. I remember I, I, I follow the Steven Universe subreddit and someone posted a picture of that, the back of the figure. And I was like, mm. look, the Funko Steven's got rose petal hair. I'm like, oh, it's cute. There's a really good bit in Steven Universe where they go on an adventure with Adam because he's too young or they don't want to endanger him or whatever. So he just sits in the house all day and plays Metal Gear. And he gets to the final cut scene in Metal Gear, like Metal Gear Solid. It's like a Metal Gear Solid like spoof, right? Mm-hmm. And they come home, like right as he's finishing the final cutscene, they unplug the TV, like the really like zany <laughs> one of them is like, all right, come on, Steven, and, like unplugs the console. <laughs> he like freaks out. <laughs> yeah. It's a good series. It's got a lot of charm. Yeah. Got a lot of heart. Yeah. So yeah, but Cuphead gets good yeah. thumbs up for me. Is it one of your favorite games of the year? Uh so one of your Jesus Christ, that list Jesus. is just growing every day. Um, yeah, I suppose it might be, it might be up there somewhere. I haven't actually written down and made the list yet, but well, coming I, up. I have a list of, uh, everything everyone's played individually and then a list of oh, man, have everything you? together. Yeah. Okay. I can share it with you. All right. Sweet. That'll help. Uh, and yeah, the, the only other game I really feel like I could talk about is I got a new board game in the mail on Saturday. Oh, Ooh. uh, this is called Beasts of Balance and it is an app enabled jenga meets pokemon i saw your dad yes <laughs> putting a picture on facebook about it i think i see your dad post on facebook more than you do now <laughs> and i only get those notifications or it only shows up on my timeline because i'm friends with you yeah so and, and he likes to share everything with with me um so it's it's cool it's uh, a little it's a plinth they call it it's like this neat base that connects via bluetooth to phone tablet whatever and then you get a bunch of plastic bits that are six animals, uh, three uh, uh, three of each of these two little migratory artifacts, um, two special artifacts, and then a bunch of element pieces. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to stack them and, and create a tower, essentially balance all of these pieces one on top of the other after scanning them to a little NFC reader on the base. So that after you place them on the on the base, which has a scale in it, so it can tell when you place them or not, um, they on, on the tablet, then they show up in the world, and it's got mm. its own little automated scoring system where uh, certain animals are worth more points than others, and so it's not just about balance physically, keeping all of these pieces in one tower on this tiny base, but also um, uh, trying to keep the numbers in check. Because animals that have a higher score than other number than other animals start essentially eating away at the other numbers, and so your score starts to lower unless you can keep the animals in balance as well, mm-hmm. and and like add things that will add to their numbers and and try and oh, keep God. everything in check. It's a really really fun take on on sort of a game that that tests multiple areas of skill, trying to get strategy in line with. With, with creating this stack of, of weird plastic animal pieces. And how do you determine what's what the next piece is that you That's use? up to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it doesn't, there's no guide to it at all. You can start with whatever piece you like and, and just hop right in. It's it's pretty great. I I, uh, I brought it there uh, to, to my uncle's house and had a couple people ended up trying it. And highest score we got was 89 by my uncle himself. And I think the only one who got close was someone got like 50. 
Whoa. Yeah, it's it's a, it gets pretty challenging after a little while, but it was a massive hit. I mean, everyone wanted to turn to like try and get this this B stack happening. That's cool. As best as possible. I'm glad like in in the functionality between the the physical and the the app works yeah. well. It's yeah. not like lost connection, reconnecting, lost <laughs> connection, reconnecting. Yeah, it was really smooth. Like there's no like going into the Bluetooth menu or anything either. I just started up the app, turned the the bait, like pressed a button on the bottom of the base and was like you're good. Start playing. I'm like that's that's great. You know? That's sweet. Crack a, open the base. There's actually like a pair of AirPods in there. <laughs> to have it sync yeah. quicker. So I, I've, I've got to give a shout out to Beasts of Balance. Your your board game is awesome. And I look forward to the expansions that are coming out. I've never been a beast of balance. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. And yeah. that's it? Yeah, that's that's it. You mentioned the Star Wars Battlefront beta in the car. Did, have you not touched that? Uh, I haven't actually played it, but I watched my cousin play it when I was over on Saturday. Okay. Um, Ooh, and it shit. looks it looks okay. When's it closed? Do you know? Uh, Done today? I thought it was today. Okay. It I was just know. for the weekend? I something like that? Yeah. Well, it opened up Friday morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, well. Uh, might be Monday morning. I don't know. Moment uh, just put a new computer together with a GTX 1080 in it. So... I want to get him to try that that beta. <laughs> so you want to sweet. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to get him to download Origin. Right. Oh. Right. It's not that bad anymore, though. No. No. I, I, haven't, touched, honestly, I haven't touched Origin. Years. I, I well, I, I had to for for Titanfall too, and I was just uh, like, wait a minute, this is not as intrusive or horrible as everyone was saying. No, yeah, th- I used it for a while for Battlefield Four, um, and I didn't mind it that much. Yeah. Lauren has endless problems with Origin. Oh my God. It's really? Hor- oh yeah. Was she yeah. playing on it? Uh, she like- plays Sims Four. That's her. Oh, that's her like binge game, right? Um, and yesterday she hadn't played in a while, and her password reset for some reason, and huh. so she kept trying to get uh, like a password reset link so that she could she could reset her password herself because she didn't know what it was reset to. She didn't get an email or anything. Or maybe someone got her account. Who knows? Yeah. But it kept it kept redirecting her to this page where she have to enter her email and password to get a password link to reset it. it was like this is impossible so what she ended up figuring out how to do to actually reset her password was go to the knights of the old republic page which is still independent from origin and, and has a separate login still- but the login is is connected linked to origin so she got to log in on that and reset her password on the knights of the old republic wait like Tour uh, just the old republic the, the old republic the sorry. MMO. Yeah, yeah yeah the mmo yeah, okay. yeah yeah my bad um yeah she she went to the mmos page and got a reset link from there and then was able to log into her origin Jesus account Christ. yeah it was ridiculous wendy's having the same problem with just her. to play the sims dude <laughs> uh, uh, wendy had the same problem with her icloud account where like her phone got stolen and so she needed to like sync over iCloud but she didn't know her password but to reset her password she needed access to her old phone because it was like a uh, of verification code so to actually like wipe it all clean slate and still have her Apple ID she needed to like uh, call Apple support and get all that taken care of well um, that sucks last time I used Origin was probably SimCity <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that turned out yeah yeah Man, I'm so bummed out by that. Yeah, that was a gorgeous game, and I it love, looks really pretty. Did you try City Skylines? No, and they gave me like what? What they give me? Did they give me SimCity Four for free? Yeah, I think so. All right, but no, yeah, I heard I heard good things about City Skylines. 
Yeah, I haven't um, played it yet, but it... But just, like, the visualization mm-hmm. stuff and the infographic stuff that they build in and make it, like, a core component of, like, looking at the town is awesome. And Ocean Quigley, who was... I think he was, like, creative director on it, was such a cool dude. He didn't work at Max. Well, Max didn't really exist anymore. Um, but he's, like, an artist by trade. He does, like, oil paints every day. He goes, like, does, like, plein air. Like, does, like, landscapes. He's just such a cool fucking dude. Yeah. And I'm just so bummed. That SimCity and Maxis just kind of fucking went the way of the dodo with that. Yeah. Um, I want. I had a town. Could have been great. Could have. AI was broken in one of my towns. <laughs> my town was basically had rampant homelessness. Oh, no. So I would build residential areas and houses would go up and then they would immediately be condemned. Jesus. And then everyone would be homeless. And so I'd take the bulldozer and I'd bulldoze all the old houses and then new houses would be built and those houses would go up and new families would move in and then immediately condemned again. And there, it was just an infinite loop and there's just thousands of homeless people just swarming the streets, just running around everywhere, like in the parks and it's reducing property value everywhere. And I'm just like, I don't know. Just can't start over. Just fucking nuke this town. Jeez. It was really bad. Okay. That's really funny. Yeah, it was, but it was like, it was just, you know. I like just seeing the occasional stories pop up of, of like people playing City Skylines or Sims and just coming up with really crazy scenarios. There's apparently a City Skylines player who made an entire thriving city, but put one house <laughs> and only like one family lives in this entire city. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, is it like like a bunch of people commute in or like what's what what's No, the... it's just, it's just these five people for this entire city. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> how they make any money? <laughs> like how they collect taxes. And then he's he's just like following like the the different individual family members around throughout their daily life and like the dad goes to work and like he goes up <laughs> to like third third floor in this one skyscraper. It's like and... this weird like Truman show S <laughs> thing. <laughs> Or that episode of uh, Twilight Zone. Just works in an empty office every day by himself, comes home. You like zoom in on the character <laughs> and get really close and the guy's just sitting on City Hall steps reading a book and then he drops and breaks his glasses. He's like, no, there's time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this, I, I love, that's, that's what you got to love about simulation games. The ways that you can break them oh, yeah. and, and just come up with whatever bad shit insanity you want. So I, I, I th- think that's why I was probably sold on Planet Coaster the most was like the one trailer where they showed like, yes, you can have like half a roller coaster and and then just watch carts fly off, you know, and crash into crowds if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever, uh, there's a YouTube channel I really like, this Let's Player called uh, Robus. Oh, yeah? You ever heard of him? Yeah, he's a Swedish dude. Robus, King of Sweden. That sounds um, familiar. It's He's really funny, uh, but he basically is just screwing around in... Like besieged is a really funny one. Um, oh yeah, he has he does some of the Sims. He screws around in Hitman, Absolution, and a few other games. But it's just him like like cheesing the game like that, like just doing like weird, you know, funny sandbox simu- simu- simulation type stuff, right? Which is hilarious. Um, yeah, it's really good. You should look <laughs> up look up the the War Corgi. Have you seen video? Uh, from- he sounds familiar, and and then I'm also thinking of like uh, Killian. Killing experience, oh, similar yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's great times. Have you ever seen the? Um, so apparently, you can get like a fire axe in the new Hitman, and when you throw it, it's just like a full overhand, just like chucking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just I've seen this video of this guy just like chucking it, and it just swings end over end, and just like it hits a guy, just clefts his head. Oh, and just boom to the ground. 
That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I want to see some like long range kills with that shit. <laughs> like you aim really high and like, you know, rainbow oh, and with the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like what they do at the beginning of like Call of Duty matches where you throw the grenade like immediately outside and just see if you can hit someone on the other side of the map. Yeah. Uh Sam, how's it going? Tell me about Echo. I don't want to say too much actually cuz it's cuz it's a a very spoilable game and I think that uh, the moments when in the beginning when you're starting to put the pieces together for how the AI works and stuff is uh, pretty magical. So I don't want to say how it works. Okay. Um, but I beat it. It's amazing. Uh, probably the ti- most tightly designed game I've played um, this year. Might be my game of the year. It's really good. Wow. Yeah. It's very short. I really like the length. It's like so it's six five, hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, five or six hours. Um, I it was about six for me. Um, I'm probably gonna play it again. They have like a hard mode and stuff, of course, which makes it make it black and white. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are these like, uh, there there's like story that I haven't gotten yet because there are these little things in the level that you can you like go up and ding them, and if you ding enough of them, um, in each chapter you get like this little sort of flavor text thing at the end of the the chapter that explains like how life life works for the people that lived in this huge place but basically premise of the game is that um someone that is very dear to you died um and you have them with you and you and you're trying to bring them back to life and the place you've gone to is this like massive palace that spans the entire this entire planet basically um and it's just like i think we i said a little bit about the art style and stuff yeah last before, time before you before you played it yeah. yeah um and it's just this like beautifully like baroque um but like so insanely detailed like 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 lavish to the extreme like like just you know hundreds like you walk in a room and it's just like hundreds of like golden chairs like just sitting in this like big area you know marble everywhere um yeah, so like really, really lavish palace that just spans this whole planet, which is really cool. Um, and they, they are the 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 art style does change slightly. Like you go to different areas, and the lighting's different, and like the architecture is a little bit different. But it doesn't really change. Like it's not like oh now we're in like a totally different themed area. Like it all kind of has that like baroquey feel to it all the way through. Um, which I thought was gonna get old. Like I got to the last the last chapter and was like, all right, I'm bored of this, mm-hmm. and then it ended. So it wasn't like perfect, perfect timing. Right, yeah, like just just in time. Um, so I think there's just enough variance um, in the game. Uh, most people know this, and this, so it's not really a spoiler. Uh, but the game is about playing against AIs that that learn how to that like I want to. Uh, how can I put this? Up? They act like you. They learn from yeah, you. Yeah. So. So the AIs learn from you, from what you do in the game. I don't want to say anything more than that because the mechanic of how they learn is actually like super nuanced and you can like manipulate it in a bunch of ways and you learn all of them like in the span of about two chapters of the game, which is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, the AIs learn from you, uh, which makes uh, for a really interesting stealth game. Um, The, this isn't a spoiler either, but every move in the game is, um, based on this like energy system. So uh, like jumping off of a platform consumes energy. Uh, 
you know, uh, like choking someone or uh, shooting your gun. Um, everything consumes energy and you have like four slots or something. So everything you do in the game is super, super budgeted. Um, so you'll make a plan like, I'm going to shoot this person and then that'll alert everyone, but I can run over here and get this energy orb and have full energy again so I can shoot more people or, um, uh, you know, every, basically just every move consumes this consumes energy and you and there are these like nodes that refill it so that combined with what you know about what they'll learn about you based on what you do is just you're play you're constantly playing this like like seven steps ahead budgeting kind of game that is really interesting in a cell in a stealth game because i feel like in a lot of other stealth games like uh like you know mgs or hitman or something um you're you're planning ahead but like you don't you don't have a whole lot of foresight mm -hmm. uh and uh a lot of the times things are kind of muddy because of that like oh i'm gonna go over here because this looks like a good vantage point but then there's just like a dude that's hanging out there that kind of like foils your plans mm. um and i think that's like that like sort of on your feet thinking is important having a stealth game but it in echo it is very satisfying to plan out like like a whole minute of gameplay and then just execute it yeah that does sound pretty cool right like, I'm going to go over here, I'm going to take out this guy, I'm going right. to run along this path and do X, Y, or Z. Yeah, I also saw that you can, like, shoot the energy sources to make them explode. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I had, I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> so I was just like, that. I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like, I didn't, I didn't know you could do that in the game, yeah, which is you, crazy. You yeah. can, like, pop the orbs and they'll, and they'll just blow up. What, it's like a red, red barrel and any other they, FPS. Yeah, so they, they literally don't mention that. There's cool. Yeah. There's a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Like that's why I'm saying I don't want to say a whole lot about it because I don't know how much of it I just discovered. Right. Through my own playstyle and how much of it is like actually the game tells you. Because there's a lot of shit I feel like I just figured out that the game doesn't explain at all. So it's very rewar rewarding to play over and over and over again. And the story's cool too. That sounds cool. Yeah. I like that. And the style is great. Yeah. It's just it's so like tightly magnificently designed i just oh it's so good it's an aesthetic push to its threshold i mean much like cuphead they just really took what they were going for and ran with it yeah yeah i, I was uh watching the new blade runner last night and i kept thinking back to how it reminds me of like that old kind of sci-fi that echo mm -hmm. was evoking yeah you know very dune very yeah you know, original blade Runner. a lot less red in echo though yeah from what i've seen yeah it seems like just a lot of white everywhere echo is um, very black and white that's because yeah. that's because yeah. they only show you the the like first area okay so mm -hmm. it does it does change in color and tone and stuff a lot um uh yeah, yeah. it's I, really interesting i haven't gotten far enough to experience like a ton of gameplay yet right now the part the story bit where it teaches you about scepters that's mm. where mine keeps crashing okay, right yeah. now yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I pick up part. the scepter and then it, it freezes <laughs> oh so, shit so yeah. you haven't even i haven't even experienced even, any like, gameplay revealed yeah <laughs> the bad guys yet like oh man echo.exe has stopped responding yeah the way they reveal the bad guys in that game is the most like oh man i just gotta go play it again dude okay. it's the most like terrifying thing and this the soundtrack is great and just with with every step gets a little more foreboding and by the end of it you're like oh shit this is about to get very bad um yeah, it's just oh my god, it's so cool. Just like the 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 sense of scale everything has, not just in terms of architecture, but in terms of like the story. When you realize like who was here 
and like what resources they had at their disposal and a all lot this of stuff. environmental yeah, storytelling. Like it, mm. Oh my god! Well, actually, actually, not so much. Like most of it is, um, something will happen, and then the characters sort of speculate on it, and based on the context that you have, and like sort of the subtext of what they're saying and, and stuff, you can um, you can put together like what's been going on. It was really cool how the dialogue between your character and the AI was building a lot of world behind them. Yeah. And as, as far as I got, I mean, I, you could still sort of start to sense what her life was like growing up. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I, I loved the fact that you're like, wait a minute, they're like, baroque aliens or something you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> she lived in a mansion or something on some planet we'll never ever see because yeah. yeah it's crazy yeah like the the story is actually it's i really love it when media can tell a very large story within a very confined space yeah and echo does that really really well basically you're playing through these stealth chapters and each chapter is punctuated with a with like a, a section where you're outside of the palace um, and then you're just walking to like the next chapter, but it takes like, it's like long. It takes like, like, I'd say like, well, relatively speaking. So like two to five minutes or something like, and the whole time is just dialogue, but all of it is really good. Cause it's, it's voiced by two game of Thrones people. I can't remember. I knew the first one was the red haired one, red haired wildling egret. Oh yeah, it, yeah. The first one is egret. And the second one is, is uh, I, I didn't catch who he was. Yeah. It's, this, yeah. London, the AI is this other guy. Um, yeah, but they're both very good voice actors and you like, I was seriously playing through the chapters just to get to the next, like, like intermission. That's cool. Because that dialogue is just, you. oh my God, I just ate it up. It's yeah. so good. I yeah. love games like that. Like that's something that'll make me go through a game more than anything else is I got, I got to get you the would, next story. You would story love bit. it. Yeah. It's just so criminally unnoticed at the moment. Though. I know. I'm so but mad. That's what I don't like. Yeah. Everyone I've talked to, so like, guys, you gotta try out. Echo. They're like, what is it? You know? Well, there what were, are... like, two other really big indie bombshells that came out, like, at the same time. Like, there was, uh, uh, what's it called? It's the, it's by the, um. Describe it. Uh, it's, uh, I, 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 just can't, I can't remember game titles. Um, game word. It's, it's in space and you've got and you're like raiding people's ships and you can like oh, oh heat signature. signature yeah, yeah heat signature it's by yeah. what, what's the other game they made? He, he did um, Tom um, Francis Gunpoint Gunpoint yeah I yeah. love Gunpoint and right. so so heat signature has been the other game I've been meaning to play but that came out in the same week and that was super hyped up and marketed pretty well and I think it that can I can't remember what else came out but I think Echo got overshadowed a little bit especially being that it was from what like did, some, what else did come yeah. out that week I remember something did now, like the 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 Dishonored 2 DLC come out that week yes uh that might have done it yeah yeah I, I i do know it's done better in europe i mean obviously that's not gaming's biggest market period no um like obviously the u.s is but i've 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 seen more european people talking about it that game feels very european like that's i don't know true. how to describe yeah, it's it got, but yeah. it feels european yeah it's got that i think that like a nordic studio vibe to it yeah it, it feels like i don't know like we like describe baroque like baroque is a is a european first right. art yeah. style and right uh yeah that's cool um i could go on about it forever i should probably stop talking about it because i'm how much is dangerously it? close to spoiling it 20 bucks i think it's you can also come over and play it. it like oh yeah, yeah i'm not i'm not like considering <laughs> the price i was just i'm just about. letting the listeners know yeah buy echo yeah <laughs> yeah buy 100 buy this game this buy is twice. like echo echo by ultra ultra well it's the kind ultra, of thing where it's ultra. like you know if you want more games like this, right? You know, yeah. speak with your wallet. And who is right. this? Their yeah. former like hitman For, developer, former Eidos Montreal 
uh, developers. Which was the, oh, yeah, Hitman. Okay. Yeah. Hitman and also Deus Ex. Right. Right. And okay. so yeah. all right. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, I think it's very there's a lot of Deus Ex in there too. It's oh man. It's just like everything I like about stuff. Like I'm a big stealth game person. And it's literally everything I've liked about most stealth games with none of the bullshit as far yeah, as like talking about mechanics. Um, so you mentioned Metal Gear Solid Five earlier. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> never got to do our Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, we got to do the MGSV episode. Oh man! So um, is that like when you guys are going to be streaming it and like? No, no, no. Or, we we will. Uh, Sam and I like an episode or two back, two episodes back, we were talking about Metal Gear and that I've only played like two hours of five. Yeah, I was like, I would play more. Which is the intro, basically. Right. Like, I played like, the intro in like yeah. the first mission in Afghanistan and then stopped. I, right. I'd, I'd be down for that. Yeah. I, I was just, we were just suggesting we all play it on our own time oh, and then come okay. back and talk about it some more. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Will can, Will's not going to be able to make it next episode. So we'll, we'll do we'll, one soon. We'll, we'll think. About it. We'll get around to that. Uh, I need to finish all these other that's games. One of my favorite games ever, though. So um, I love MGSV. Yeah, that's good. Sam, tell me about Hell. Oh yeah, hell is cool. Um, I found that <laughs> hell, hell, is, hell cool. is cool. Yeah, hell is, Turns yeah. out, <laughs> thank you for naming the podcast episode, Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will do it. Um, the there is a do. so so uh, a few weeks ago there was oh shit, what is it called? Um, a game by its cover, Jam. Yes, see that? Oh, uh, is it done? Yeah, it's yeah. It finished. It finished it at the end of October. It was during September, right? Um, and I was I was busy with that con and dc district arcade and some other things and i didn't have time to yeah i never to do it this is the first time hearing of it oh um so. game by its cover is the coolest oh, fucking dude, thing it's, it's so cool i there were so many entries this year i think it's gonna really blow up next year like i think okay i think so, people are really gonna be super into it do you know nothing about it no so what first it, time hearing of it i don't know how, what the stipulations are for making the actual like cartridges i don't know like how they get the artist or whatever or if oh, it's, it's just, just all like, commissioned oh okay yeah um so Basically, they get a bunch of artists to make like what's it like? Family case many? covers. Yeah, but how many? How many are there? Like oh, t- a shitload. Fifties, a hundred. Yeah, fifty or something. Yeah, it's it's like in the tens. There's a lot of them. They make um a bunch of Famicom cartridges, hmm. and then the game jam is you pick a cartridge and you make a game based off what you think the game on that cartridge would be. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And they have like little descriptions um with them too. Sometimes I'm just gonna look it up so he can have some context because it is. Amicase.com. But anyways, yeah, so they make all these these beautiful websites in Japanese, so it's a little hard to navigate. They make all these beautiful game cartridges. Yeah, here you go. What's funny um, is that like the little uh shadow box, whatever the, the the JavaScript library is that you click on the and it shows an image, mm-hmm. right? People keep thinking that those create custom links. And so someone would share it in the Slack, like, look at this one. I'm like, that that, that just links me to the entire library yeah. of them. It doesn't take me to a specific one. Yeah. I did that a bunch. And people are like, yeah, all those are really, yeah, you already sent me sent me that. Yeah, those, all those are really cool. Like, like no, but this specific but this one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Row eight, column three. But anyway, so the, that exhibition goes back to like 2013 or something. Yeah, like, I've it, seen it. It's pretty old. A couple of times. 2012 or something. By now. Yeah. Um, so they have like several years of just tons of these, right? And so the jam is, you know, it's after the exhibition for, for an, the new year comes out. So that, that was 2017. Yeah. The jam is you pick one and it doesn't have to be from that exhibition. It can be from any of them. 
and you and you make a, and you make the game based on what you think that game is. Nice. Um, which is pretty cool. So so someone made, and I I don't I can't find the case, but someone made a game called Hell. Actually, the person that made it uh, is a hint of lime, um, and it's just at a hint of lime if you want to follow them on Twitter or something. Which is not faster than lime, which is Amos from right. HIO. Just a hint of lime. Right. So Okay. Slightly, slightly different. Um, but yeah, he made this game called Hell, which is I don't know. It's it's a little it's a little hard to describe. It's like a it's like a one bit uh, Mac OS looking thing, um, like original Mac OS. Yeah. Uh, where you go through this like point and click walking simulator. He called it a walking simulator, but it's just like an adventure point and click game um, where you're just told you're in hell and you're just like navigating it. And there's a bunch of different paths and like some really weird, absurd shit happens. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's cool. I mean, I, I don't want to, again, I can't say a whole lot more without super spoiling some of the stuff, but, right. but you're just walking through these like bleak, but beautiful kind of, you know, one bit, landscapes uh and talking to all the weird people and creatures that inhabit them um and trying to find your way through hell which is pretty cool yeah and you can play it it's like five minutes to play through it okay yeah and it's through like like i assume dialogue boxes show up like you communicate through like yeah it's just like an adventure game apps on the the, the yeah it's pretty fun it's free it's on itch.io it's um let me find the link so everyone can um I feel like this is becoming a subgenre of games played through OS desktop OS interfaces. Yeah. It's starting to become a thing. Because yeah. I made that one from that one game jam that was like a Windows 3.0 spoof sp- spinoff uh, or riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's the big one? Emily. Emily was here. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Um, um. The, 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 the like basically the aim chat one. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what that's called. And then of and course, the guy who's making who made Dropsy is is making one. Yeah, he's making Hypnospace Outlaw. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And then there's um, what was the RPG that just came out that was all through a desktop? Oh, it was called like King Space or I don't know. It was something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like this is becoming an aesthetic. It's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, I'm I'm into the idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's also, you know, her story. Right. And stuff. But isn't um, her story more of like, aren't you using tapes? It, but it's yeah, but through like, a sort of cop uh, UI. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, cop like operating like system. Clunky 90s police. database yeah, kind right. of thing. Um, well, if we're going to get, if we're going to throw it back, I guess Night Trap is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even si- Silent Earth is is an operating system, technically. It's oh, okay. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not as like. It, it it doesn't it's not really framed like an operating system like you're not viewing the game through a fake operating system but, but it has the aesthetic it's supposed to be themed like like you're using some vector based some weird os yeah. yeah uh what was that font that will sent you on the slack that was like look like mission com- command mission control font that you'd find like radars and stuff. Um, you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Yeah, I remember him posting like, that. Enter UI or something. It was it was a programming font. It looked really cool. Um, yeah, it did look really neat. I'll have to look it up again. But yeah, that was that was really really cool. I I, I opened up the link and it opened up in Safari on my phone, and then I just never closed the tab. Mm-hmm. But it's like now my the the last tab I've been on Safari. So every time I go into Safari, it's right there. I'm like, yeah, this looks cool. Yeah, and I <laughs> I definitely downloaded it. I can't remember what it is. But actually, for fonts like that, if you want like 
like interesting, funky monospace fonts that for people to like code in or something that would look good for an operating system. Um, GitHub, like GitHub has fonts that people can fork and stuff and like okay. modify. Uh-huh. And they're mostly for programming, but like um, there's a bunch on there. I, the Silent Earth font is ProFont, which is a really, really old open source font that's been around forever. But um, it's like that, basically. Neat. Just like interesting monospace fonts. Um, I fixed my font problem in Peak. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because uh, the fonts wouldn't load in Windows because I was exporting from Mac OS. Mm. And so... If you switch it to Unicode, they work fine. Yeah. But the problem is I use the boldface version. So I had to go out and hunt for the specific weight that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And then the import like that one. TTF or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then set it to Unicode. Now we're all good. Yeah. Back nice. in business, baby. Nice. So that's how you've been playing? Hell and uh, um, Echo? Yeah. The occasional Counter-Strike match here and there. Oh, shit. I just, I forgot. I added one in there today. Um, I uh, sort of rediscovered this game I really liked when I was in high school called Sauerbraten. I love Sarah Brad. No, no. Sweet. Oh man, yeah. the only other person I met that like like IRL that knows what Sarah Broughton is. Which I, is, like, I, super I remember cool. a period of my life in middle school where I just went through like Wikipedia had a list of free FPS games to try, and I kind of oh, yeah. just went down the list and tried each one. And uh, I remember Sarah Broughton fondly. That was that was a pretty good one on there. Sarah Broughton is great. Well, okay, so for the uninitiated, it's me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, Sour Broughton is a, I'd say Quake-like. It's very FPS. Quake. It's, yeah. it's practically a, a Quake remake, almost. Right. Yeah. A Quake make. A requake. Yeah, a requake. With the caveat that it's using a, uh, a voxel engine or a voxel renderer to, to, do, to draw everything. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean it looks like Minecraft. Like, you can still have rounded surfaces and stuff. But it means that everything in the game is described as like a math function contained within a voxel. So the whole game, like a whole map is made out of cubes that can contain a different like math function basically. Got it. Um, so you can still do like make like rounded surfaces, but you have to like set each individual 3d tile to mm-hmm. look like that. Um, the cool thing that that lets you do is like multiplayer map editing in real time. Yeah. Which is really freaking neat. Um, okay. So you can just like, it is a game engine and also an FPS and also a map editor. It's really wild. But you basically, at any point, like even if you're like playing deathmatch or something, you can sp- you can just change it to edit mode, and then you just can fly around to different to all these 3D tiles and just start extruding stuff and making making different shapes. Do you have to be the host? Like, what is it? What's the restriction of? Well, I mean, you you can. I mean, it's it's you know you you could it's it's like anything. So you can like let other people do it too. You make it so only you're 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 the only one doing it while everyone else is playing or something. Like, okay, there's a bunch I, I, of different I was just thinking it. of like knowing people I've played with in multiplayer games past. I would just imagine like, hey, I'm winning this death match, and then they just go into edit mode and they just oh, encase well, themselves in a wall. It's not as like that's it's not so much of a gameplay mechanic. It's just like a like all right, let's play death match for a while. all right. Let's this was kind of fun. Let's edit the map right, and then let's go back to playing death match. Uh, I got you that. Don't really I was just seeing it, like, like I I could see people just abusing that and being yeah shitty trolls um, most of the time like if you're if you're if you're playing like a match server like you can't just enter edit mode like you're you'll just like got it right yeah so so it's just kind of like a cool like weird like sidecar feature i mean it's a main feature of the engine but it's just like something that you can just do in game but you don't um it's not so much used like mechanically if hmm. that makes sense yeah cool. um but it is really fun i uh 
I found it again because I was my my friend was talking about how Quake Live just randomly out of nowhere in the middle of the night converted to a you know like like a paid model. Um, oh, really? And deleted all of their accounts. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No one heard about it. It's super weird. The hell? Yeah. Well, I only heard about because my friend was a big Quake Live player and just like you know and just like this is some bullshit you know like he, <laughs> yeah that's so mad do you think that's a they're doing it as a reason to to try and incentivize people to switch over to quake champions or something maybe yeah i mean it's I, as far as i know and i was actually surprised to learn this but quake live is actually id oh well that's funny yeah which is really weird because i you know that's not really behavior i'd expect wait yeah or not not id wait who makes quake id right yeah quake yeah, yeah. but they're owned by bethesda yeah okay so maybe it is but maybe it is some bethesda bullshit but okay. like but whoever, whoever, whatever, you know, portion of ID or Bethesda runs Quake Live. But, I mean, it was, I think Quake Live was made by ID before they were acquired by Bethesda. So this is some weird legacy thing. Like, obviously, yeah. it all is probably owned under Bethesda. Um, right. But, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. So, so you know, through whatever bureaucratic bullshit chain that, that there was, they just decided that we're converting to a paid model. Um, and didn't tell anyone. Uh, maybe there was some warning. Uh, my friend, my friend, thirty minutes before the change. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but they just like got rid of all the accounts too. So the only way to play it is through Steam now, and you got to pay ten dollars for a game that was at one point free. And is how old? Stupid. Um, Isn't Quick Life like five years old? Yeah, Quick Life's pretty old. Yeah, that's probably their like way. That was probably their way of like just like getting rid of some players. So it's like. When they finally do kill it, it's a little less of a travesty. Right. But that was still shitty. That is shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I, either way, yeah, that's how I that's how I got reminded of Sauerbraten was was he was like, damn, I have to go find another Quake like free Quake game to play. I was like, I got do one. I have the thing for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Step right Sauerbraten. over, get Sauerbraten yourself your Sauerbraten and get yourself a Funko Pop. Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> everyone that plays it now is super good and the only matches you can play are like Instagib games. Yeah. Which it's still fun as shit, but you can't, you know. Instagive is what? One, one efficiency. Yeah, one hit, one kill. Yeah, so at one one health point, and you have like a bolt action rifle. That's Sweet. like perfectly accurate. It's like a golden gun game. Practically. Yeah, it's sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I should hop back into that, maybe. Let me know if you want to play. Give it's, it's really easy to just like blow I, off some steam. The, the the three that I remember the most from that list of games I mentioned were, were Sour Broughton, uh Warmonger, which had this crazy physics engine for its day like no computer could run it i think i remember that game yeah like yeah. like it had that trailer that like you could it showed a guy using his gun to cut through a piece of fabric and then like the fabric fell and like folded over yeah, in like the wind a bayonet and on way. it huh? that's crazy like a bayonet on no, it no with bullets he like oh, shot oh, it and oh, a bullet oh, 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 appeared oh. in the fabric and he like like automatic Carved fired through. through the cloth and it fell off and like went away and then like things like that but also like blowing through it was like battlefield bricks right? kind of thing it was but it was years before battlefield unveiled the frostbite engine and what it could right. do with it Same yeah it was thing. like battlefield 2 era something yeah, yeah yeah practically um and and world of padman which oh shit which, which was my love of rat maps like born that's hilarious yeah <laughs> um i think i think my favorite my other favorite game that i because i know what list you're talking about yeah and my other favorite game from that list was uh uh it's like warsaw or something like that warsaw was great yeah, yeah. holy shit that, that's another quake like yeah because it was all about movement that, yeah. that, it was like, like wall running and stuff right yeah because it, it sort of said like quake is is like secretly about movement 
we're just going to put it front and center. Like to play war 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 cell, you have to be able to bunny hop and all of that. Yeah. At such like a the high tutorial level. has rocket jumping in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which it, is wa- it wasn't something you figured out as a player. It was something that was like ingrained from the beginning right. of War Cell. It was like, this is an aspect of this game. Right. And the art style was cool. It's like, like picture Borderlands, but like super clean. And really colorful. Yeah. So like really, really super high saturated, like outlines on everything, cell shading. Um, but it's, it's, you know, really bright and colorful and smooth and sleek, ultra futuristic. Man, I gotta go play that. I, be, I, I bet people still play that. I bet it's impossible to play now with it. Like, I, yeah, the skill ceiling's probably, probably just insane. I think Padman would probably be like the most user friendly still like, yeah. these days, but I don't know if they still have any like servers up. Called mm-hmm. Padman? Padman. Padman. And actually, the shooter is called World of Padman for some reason. I gotta look this up. I think it was made by Russians, and it's this weird shooter that like you, you play essentially Smurf knockoffs. They're blue people that are about yay high. Are you, are you uh, yay as in like two, three inches? Yeah, and and all of the maps are rat maps, so it's all mean? like you in a really small environment. Like one of them's a backyard, and there's a playground set that's like a skyscraper to you. Okay, and so rat map oh, describes, describes rat map, what? Rat map is a kind of FPS style map where it's essentially. An environment, but huge, right? Like, like, an, okay. like you're not like, a human. You're, you're the you size are the of a aspect rat. of the, of the right. rat, and and so like that. What was that? The uh, uh, the Green Army Men games. Yeah. What were they called? Uh, uh, I think they were just army. They were just the Army Men games. Yeah, Army Men. Yeah, yeah it's like the one in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like that. So, so Padman was just like super, really well made uh, rat maps in a sort of arcadey. Oh yeah, shooter. right. You're playing on like a like like a kitchen counter. Yeah, stuff. and and one yeah, of them. That's what it looks like. And this was free. It was free. And these are just mods. Like people were just. I don't it's think based it was on IOQuake. It's IOQuake. Okay, yeah. Was which IOQuake. was an open source port of Quake. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people took that and made stuff like I think Warsaw was also that. I mean, uh, yeah. 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 And, and As they're opening my eyes <laughs> to dude, a whole new world. The world of of shooters and, and shooter modifications. When you don't have money weird. but a PC. Like and you're like and you're like thirteen or That's something. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah, you just end up like finding all these weird games on the internet that like actually have like this like cult following to them. It's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, outside of that though, Unreal Tournament 2004 still bar none my favorite. Yeah, great game. Are you guys yeah. excited at all for Quake Champions? Eh, I I haven't played it enough to really know for sure yet. I definitely got out of uh, like Quake style shooters. So, not. I mean, I'll try it. I think the last Quake style shooter I played a lot was um, Unreal Tournament three. What defines a Quake shooter? Just that it's fast um, and rocket jumps. Yeah, the the movement needs to be basically breakneck okay. without yeah um, movement first, movement first, and then aim sort of comes secondary to that. Where you know it has to be another level too because everyone's moving at yeah. breakneck. Just speeds. two people like um, strafing back and forth in a hallway trying to get right. one hit on each other, bunny hopping and 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 yeah, wall bouncing. Weapon sort of pickups are pretty important. Big spinning ones that float above the ground. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I think, honestly, I think the most important thing of being a good Quake player is just knowing where all the health pickups are. Yeah. Map, like, map control is... Yeah. Well, it's it's not map control. It's just map awareness. Halo right. is map control. Right. Where you have to, like, keep the power weapons in check. Yes. Yeah. And Because, like, I, you know, it's been how many years since I've played Halo 3, but I know exactly where the shotgun is in Lockout. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just run there. And you yeah. gotta grab it before someone else does. Because you are fucked. Right. If you don't. <laughs> yeah, Halo's like basically Quake, but way more syst- uh, 
systemic and like and like physicsy. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's Got like it. it's like a like if you if if you like distilled the shit out of Halo, you'd have like Quake again, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's been fun working on Playground, and having to like think, figure all this yeah. out and trying to yeah. strike a balance between both of them. The history of. Of FPSs. shooters and shooter design philosophies. It's, it's pretty cool. Shooters yep. and shooter accessories. <laughs> uh, well, I've play, been playing a, uh, not a modded shooter. Uh, I played some of that Battlefield. Or Battlefront. Battlefront. Beta. Battlefront. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I never played the first remake Battlefront, the first DICE one. Okay. The first Star mm. Wars Battlefront. Um, but I, I really like the old ones. Big fan of the old ones. And this game like has everything that the old ones have for better and for worse. Like it's got that same feel because let's be honest, old star Wars battlefront doesn't feel great. Like from a shooter, from like a multiplayer shooter, no, perspective. Not like a ton of juice to go with it though. Well, there's not yeah. a lot of juice and everything just feels slow. Yeah. So you're doing just a lot of stomping across about like you die and then you just spawn back at your home base and you're yeah. just stomping across the battlefield to get back where you were. And then you're like, I'm getting the rocket trooper because he's gonna get me there faster yeah, i, I only like, play jetpack dudes I, yeah. I feel like that was why i always gravitated towards space battles because it felt like much more like you spawn you're in a ship mm. you're in the action and yeah yes yeah i I'm, i was never big of a big fan of the space combat um, that was my jam because i wasn't one of these guys that grew up playing like rogue squadron or whatever and and was really big into that um i would play it sometimes and it'd be cool but like dog fighting games there's a lack of control, I feel like, mm-hmm. I have mm. in them that I never really enjoyed. But so the shooting, so so the multiplayer beta has a, it has a it has a dogfight, has like a starfighter mode that you can uh, place into. There's um, forget what they call them. I think it's like galactic combat, which mm-hmm. is like the big forty person one, and That's, then yeah, and then there's strikes, which are like the smaller ones. Um, and I played both of strikes and the galactic combat a lot. Uh, well, maybe like three or four matches of each one. Yeah. And they're both mm-hmm. really cool. Um, not a big fan of how they like redid the class structure in this because like in old Battlefront, you would have like no matter what era of Star Wars you were doing or like what army you were part of, there were still like there's unique ones. So like, you know, if you played on the Empire for original trilogy, you were like a stormtrooper, scout trooper, snow trooper, uh, a... um a rocket trooper, a dark trooper, which is like from like Shadows of the Empire or, yeah. you know, one of the kind of like less what, well-known games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was like really cool, like really cool, like respect of the canon or like really deep cuts. But in this, like for the, for the like galactic combat one, it's all right, you're either this type of clone trooper or this other type of clone trooper, but they're not like distinguishable from like any of the you know media at all it's I just think i picked up on that watching my cousin play the beta yeah it seemed like he was scrolling through like the classes you can do and it was like what's they're they're all like sort of same face model same everything right like there's the hundreds different. of action figures of all these and they all have like you know here's you know a special con- uh command like you know they had republic commandos like here's a commando unit and here's this xyz unit but here's just like assault heavy specialist which is like the sniper yeah yeah and guy with turret yeah probably they're probably i mean uh, so in battlefield the four class system works real well Mm -hmm. like that's like 
that's a pretty good design standard to stick to. So I can I can sort of see them wanting to make the design of the game fun and just like, all right, let's not try something different. Let's just do what we know works with Battlefield. But and also the other thing is that I'm pretty didn't Disney say the extended universe is like gone it's yeah, now it doesn't it's matter now star wars legacies yeah or whatever they're i'm pretty sure disney is like none is. of that shit is in is going in this game sure but like like you know how how tried and true does this game how much does it have to stick to the the regular stuff well it's you know probably a shitload yeah apparently because the D- campaign disney doesn't is like some of that is actual like canonically recognized connective tissue between original trilogy mm-hmm. and right and the the new trilogy I'm just hoping Grievous comes back in some way, shape, or form. So, so my only argument against the logic of the four-man squad, which I I, I think I understand, um, that would make sense, is that you can still do hero units. So, if you get you accumulate points um, when over the course of the game, and then when you die, those points basically get cashed into like your bank or whatever. Uh, and I guess you get points for like objectives, like completing objectives or killing people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can spend those points um, on either vehicles or special units. Um, so, like, if I'm playing the clone troopers on the Galactic um, Battle One, um, so it's 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 one scenario that's in the beta, right? And the scenario is the droids are pushing this giant uh, MTT, which is like the brown bubble tank. If you yeah. remember that from the from the prequels, yeah. the one that like dropped droids off in the front right. of the bat in the front lines yeah. in the one scene, which yeah. you have no sense of scale in like the movies, but in this they make it fucking gigantic. It's like three stories tall. It's like a ridiculous thing. And if you stand like if you're anywhere within its line of sight, like you're dead because mm-hmm. it just guns you down. And so the the mission is for the clone army to find these ion pulse rifles and you shoot it and it takes the shields down temporarily and then you just start doling damage at it. And then on the droid army, the goal is to prevent that from happening. And there's a three-stage thing. So the tank approaches the palace, it gets to the palace, and then you have to storm the palace, mm-hmm. take over these two control points, and then there's a third control point that unlocks after you take the first two, and then once you do that, you win the objective. And then for the clone army, the objective is either to stop the tank, like blow it up completely, and then you win the game, or if it gets to the palace, you then, the the droid army has a limited amount of respawns, and there's a gauge at the top, and once you uh, eliminate all their response, then you win. But yeah, so like you get points and so you can get like, you know, here's a T-Wing or whatever the fuck, whatever the ship's called. And here's like all these other like transport ships. And you can, so it just strapes around the battlefield and you can shoot down. Or you can get a jet trooper is like a special unlock. Or you can get Han Solo for some reason, even though it's the prequels. Um, or it was like, always the beauty of Battlefield was like, having you know say darth maul cut down a field of ewoks or something yeah it's just it's it's really because it's you see that sometimes like you know they have that hero battle thing which Mm -hmm. is grayed out in this but it's obviously like you only play hero units yeah um but very rarely did i see in in the original two battlefronts was here's a prequel campaign and then here's an original trilogy character like if it i usually just saw wasn't something you could do I don't think it was. I had the I think, PSP I, one. I think the hero characters were limited to whatever era yeah. they were in. Yeah. Um, because on the other side, it's Darth Maul. So it's just Darth Maul just freaking out and just like killing players. Like Han Solo right. shooting at Darth yeah, Maul. Han Solo is just like, hokey <laughs> religions. Nothing yeah. with a trusty blaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. 
That's I never so liked, dumb. I never like playing Han Solo. But no, not well. I mean, Han, Han Solo is kind of dumb in Battlefront too. But like, yeah, that's like dumb that they make it themed like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you should have the the people tied to the era and map and stuff. Well, I think also they could play as Boba Fett. So then Boba Fett's running around. But the advantage you like, have as Boba Fett is that you have a jetpack. So far, they've been creating like parallels between the hero characters. Like they only have four available in the beta that I saw. Sorry, four is that many. Um, Hands, yeah, <laughs> work with me. Um, <laughs> they have four in the beta, but you could see in the trailers, like of the four that they had, there's also like the counterpart. So there's Darth Vader and Luke. Darth Maul apparently has Yoda because they're enemies. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, Boba Make Fett and Obi Wan, Han Solo and Kylo well, and Rey. Like, okay, I'm. It's been a while since. Been up on Star Wars, but canonically Yoda and Darth Maul makes well, sense. Yeah. Right? yeah, I mean they would fight each other if they met, but they never. But did. they never. Oh, okay. yeah. it was, yeah. was Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Qui Qui Gon and Obi Wan were the only ones who met Darth Maul. Yeah, but oh. like they at least like like Han Solo was like a child or not even born probably. No, no he wasn't yeah. exactly because Anakin Skywalker was a child when right. Darth Maul died. Right. Uh, so I wonder why you didn't see like Yoda as an option. I think they might have also had Rey in there. As like huh. another Jedi, but I can't remember. All right. Um. But yeah, I think those are the four. It's, it's Boba Fett, Darth Maul, <laughs> Han, and and Rey. Okay. But young Han, young Han, not not young Han, not not, not old stab through chest. But Han. like, for that to even like, kind of make sense, it's like young Han should be like a five year old. Just a pregnant woman running around, <laughs> shooting from like next to her stomach. And you yeah. play as like Padme before she gives birth in episode three. Like, no, I want to play as that annoying fucking birthing robot. Ooh, ah, Ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you? Wasn't there like an option to be a gonk droid in in two? Yes, yeah. You could walk around as just the box. You were <laughs> yeah. ab- you were the slowest we're, motherfucker we're, like, alive. They can, they can fix like, vehicles and stuff. Yeah, that's right. They can you can you can walk up to a vehicle and fix them, but that was all you did. It fixes it, it fixes <laughs> it like immediately though. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. it's like it's so like it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to ever be one, but it did like give it some mechanical. What's okay. the, what's like, the really ability little, little yeah. one that's on wheels? The mouse droids. Yeah, yeah. They they they're just yeah. appara- they're just flash drives on wheels, according <laughs> to the canon. They just transport data. Right. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> instead stupid. of giving the Death Star a wireless network, they put it all on physical media <laughs> and have it drive to the room where it and needs they gave to go. It AI. <laughs> Here, Roomba. Yeah. There you go. You ever see that robot chicken skit? Big Star Wars nerd. Where uh, the mouse droid comes up to Chewie, and then Chewie yells at it, and then it's a cut from within the mouse droid, and there's an actual mouse piloting it. He's <laughs> like, oh shit, oh shit. It like <laughs> turns it around really quick and drives away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Battlefront 2 beta is pretty good. All right. Um, I like cool. it. It's But yeah, it's, it has so much of the feeling of original Battlefront. And like it does this thing. Uh, so like the class names kind of don't make any sense. So there's Assault. Which has like an automatic rifle, right? But it's like smaller. But when you click in, when you look down iron sights, it like has a scope on it, like a like a you know futuristic looking scope, and it's kind of hard to shoot. But then the heavy has a longer rifle. But when you look down the sights, it just zooms in more on your reticle and like vignettes the screen really deeply. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make any sense yeah, to me. Why like, there's no scope? It doesn't make any sense because it's like okay, well. It's either it's it's not on the gun because this guy has a bigger gun that looks like it has a scope, and it's not like in their helmet because why wouldn't they have the same helmet? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Like that's silly. 
Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's old Star it's it's Star Wars having based its weapons on like old World War II designs and yeah. that sort yeah. of thing. Because I think the I want a bolt action laser rifle. The the heavy gunners yeah. are all like like Brownings, right? Which all had super long barrels, but they were still like you know miniguns practically for all intents. Yeah, and I, like purposes. hold it down. They, yeah. Um. And yeah, it's 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 automatic. For some reason, every blaster and every like handheld blaster and and Star Wars has a scope on it. Yeah, because they have to. Uh and then the card system is really cool. So you get cards that you can equip and customize people uh, people's loadouts. Um, so. I've heard scary things about that. Like what? Like well, so they come in the loot boxes, which are something you can pay for. Yeah, and they affect player stats. Oh, do they? Yes. I didn't know about that. So people are starting to get worried, like, this could become pay to win. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's at that that's like some echoes that I'm hearing around the internet. Like, you know, I'm not I super wouldn't be surprised the cards. given EA. Yeah. And their history with this kind of stuff. But from the little I touched with it, because you only you I don't know how it works when you unlock a card. Like I got some loot crates. I think the loot crates were more like victory poses and shit, like okay. Overwatch S stuff. Yeah. I think there mm-hmm. is like actual like gameplay changing stuff in the loot crates. Um, the, the cards affect stats like run speed and, and fire speed. Yeah, and there are passive thing. ones and then there are active ones. So like the one I got for like the assault. So the assault abilities are um, a grenade and then a shield that like pops up in front of them. Yeah. And then they can shoot through it. Uh, and one of the cards I got is that it swapped the shield for a grenade launcher. So then your secondary is just a grenade launcher and you're just like boop, boop, boop. And I mm. think that's in concept that can work out fine. Keep it balanced and that's o- and that's okay. Just don't put money behind it. Right. Money shouldn't be buying things that change gameplay. Can't buy me love. Well, especially in a multiplayer game, I should say. Expansions, DLC, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But like if it's if it's affecting another player's experience who say can't afford that, then you're starting to cross the line. Yeah, I agree. Um, the heavy is like so like all the characters have like you click in R1 and L1 and they have like a special and the heavy special is an actual chain gun so that goes from first person then it pulls out and he's just like Whoa! <laughs> so that's pretty cool yeah uh, so I played that uh, been playing more golf story um, golf story still good 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 uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna pick up Stardew Valley first yeah because I have to but yeah I'm eventually gonna pick it up and uh, for Wendy because uh, she really wants it on Switch, but mm. with the school year going on, she busy. Yeah. And then, but, so, Golf Story, I talked about the the dialogue boxes, or I talked about the rumble, in yeah. it, right, last yeah. week. Um, It's grown on me. <laughs> nice. Because I'm pretty sure the rumble is, like, tied to the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, oh. they go, they do all this crazy shit with the dialogue, right? Like, they, they slow down, like, the speed at which, like, the words show up to imply, like, uh, discomfort with something or like unsureness uh and then they like make it really big if someone's shouting and they bold face it or make it italicized and they do all this stuff but when someone's like saying something like cautiously or uncertainly they're like i don't know if we should do that and the dialogue box pops up above their head and they're like speech bubbles and then it tilts it just goes and it tilts (laughs) to a side goes like 45 degrees and the controller rumbles with it right it rumbles in the direction that the dialogue box tilts that HD rumble, so man. it like adds an effect of like you Wild. can feel the the uncertainty with which this person is speaking mm. because of the feedback in the rumble. That's interesting, and I, I didn't catch up on it until like five ten hours in. I was like, wait a second, 
it was this not audio because i felt like it was audio this whole time but now it's like <laughs> now i'm like recognizing that the the controllers are rumbling yeah Jeez. So that's, I think that's that's a really nice subtle thing. That's that, pretty wicked. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I love so far I could do that. hearing uh what games are doing with the HD rumble system because there's some there's some cool stuff that can be done. I, I've heard about it being an overcooked, but I haven't exactly like taken the time to really appreciate it. I still haven't touched overcooked. Okay. Like I don't own it. I don't think. Um, I think Switch is definitely the better version. Oh yeah. You get the HD rumble. Plus it's so easy to set up. You can just hand people four Joy Cons and like get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Will about it yesterday at RVA MakerFest, and he was like, yeah, I heard it's cool, the HD Rumble, um, but I hear most of its applications are for, like, gross, gropey Japanese games. Oh, there's... Okay, so... <laughs> so I have this one. No, wait. I was going to say, it's it's not most. So far, it's one, at least as far as I know. Um, I don't know if Will's getting sources anywhere else. <laughs> but uh, there's... <laughs> First-hand experiences. Uh, are you familiar with Senran Kagura? No, there's, there's, well, Alex is. I'm gonna tell you all about it. I can. <laughs> uh, this is this is a Japanese game series from a developer named can't remember his name, but okay, good. Yeah, uh, he, but but he's all about boobs. This Great. man is just like every appearance he goes to, he's like talking about breasts and and just like 100 into it. Whoops. Um, and and so all of his games, all the games in the Senran Kagura series are just about robust jiggle physics tacked onto like a fighting game, a third person shooter, a side scrolling beat 'em up. Uh you know, like third person beat 'em up. He's he's got this the series that is based around these characters. The Boobaverse. Yeah, the Boobaverse. The Boobaverse. I mean, what's it's weird because I don't know, I think I brought this up on the Slack before. It's almost hard to hate him for it because he owns it so completely. Yeah, like he it's knows what he's here for. He knows what his dream is to make video games about tits, and he's doing it. And like, <laughs> shows about a con. You guys like boobs? Yeah, yeah. And so it was him who, when approached with the with the the HD Rumble feature, was like, "I'm gonna make it feel like you're holding tits." <laughs> Finally, yeah. my magnum opus. Yeah. And well, what's also funny is he recently took to Twitter and was like. You know, I think I'd also like to make a game for women that contains lots of male fan service. I think they deserve that too. I wonder, I yeah. wonder what Robert Yang thinks of his work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's just curious. Do you, do you know who Robert Yang is? I'm not sure if I do. Uh, he's a teacher at NYU, um, and he did that that article that got really famous about we should all be okay with not yeah, making any money that we talked about in the same breath as the Klefsky one. Yeah. yeah, 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 um, but uh, his things he makes he makes like these experimental like gay games um, And they're largely about just like objectifying dudes like he made um, he made a Cobra Club If you ever heard of that I'm not sure if I have I don't um, think so Is it the that's not the hot dudes in the shower thing is it what or the are you talking about showering with my dad simulator? I might be misconstruing showering with my dad simulator or something <laughs> um, with, No, with Cobra Club Robert. is the dick pic simulator. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Of. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's just like well, that was my other thing you that just, was in there. You just stand in front of a mirror and you like pose the dick. It's really funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, like are they good looking dicks. They can be. You can, okay, you can like mess with it and stuff. Um, but I, I mean, so to an extent, at least those games are a little bit about objectification. Some of them are like only about objectification. So I, I would be curious to see. Um, you should join forces. And it, it, well, because he makes because his whole thing is like there's like no one makes games for. 
for gay people. Like just no one, no one, no one, like we have tons of like all the weird Japanese games that are like kind of for these, heterosexual like, right. men. Um, yeah, no, and no, no one makes, you know, games for homosexual men. So, uh, it's really, I don't know. I would be, I would be curious to see what a conversation between them would sound like. So I heard you like um, boobs. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you like dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they get at least just about like, about like, like designing games around, mm. around that kind of stuff. Right. It's, it's objectification for I, lack I, I, of a better just, term. Yeah. Sorry. I have this one picture saved and it's just like oh, when, no. when VR started to become a, a huge craze, they did the, <laughs> they did a sketch like the studio that he runs yeah. and they made their own VR about them making their own VR headset. Great. There's a <laughs> pair of breasts mounted on the front of a Vive or something. Something mm-hmm. like that. Just to yeah, be clear, I don't think, I don't think Robert Yang's games are like totally about objectification. I think no, 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 that, that's like think. super oversimplifying. Is he, what he himself? Does. Is he gay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, yeah. fi- I figured. No, I mean, he I was... writes about it all the time. Okay. Um, yeah. His blog's really good. You should definitely check it out. Like he's he. And, I follow him on Twitter, and and I just you know I, I don't want to like super go in and like support this guy, uh, this just Japanese developer. Just buy, just go in, just sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I have played his games, and they're actually like they're they're fun mechanics on top of the the mm-hmm. um the boob stuff, the, the breast stuff, right? Yeah. Um, the breasticles. So it's like it's neat that he also cares about that. Like he's clearly also trying to make a good game out <laughs> of it, and he's had more of an effort recently to include male characters. Which are also just as objectified as the game goes on, and like I said, the most recent Twitter posts and some interviews have come out where he said, "Like I'd actually would like to make a game for women, mm-hmm. so they can also enjoy like, next next the objectification of, of men and and their titles." Right. Yeah. He's just you know still working on that concept too. Next yeah. con he goes to, you guys like dicks? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. Sexuality in games is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, is it improving? What is it improving? Like no. in terms of like, eh. the no. community has to improve okay. before the games can. I guess so. Yeah, I guess the world has to improve before our specific community improves. For sure, we got and, some an upward climb. And sexuality in Japan is a whole nother beast. Yeah, that that is not even remotely comparable to ours. And yeah, I wonder how much of that is just like cultural confusion for me and how much of that is like actually like people in japan are also like no this is pretty gross okay yeah uh, it's, y- yakuza zero has a pretty good a few pretty good sections on hentai culture and stuff oh yeah really yeah um but is I it watched, from like there's an, an outside? extra credits that talks about it um oh really yeah um but yeah no it's it, it's not from an outside perspective it's from like a like here's what you, this actually is you know like um trying to remove the cultural context and actually look at hentai culture objectively and stuff uh, perso- in the same extra credits episode, they talk about how Persona tries to do the same thing, um, but kind of, kind of stumbles and ends up like almost glorifying it, which is really weird. Mm. Um, Persona Five, uh, but yeah, that's a really good extra credits episode. I think it's just called Hentai Culture. Is the name of the episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and it has um, eight million views. There you go. Yeah, um, but it's yeah, that's that's actually one of their best episodes they've done recently. That's cool. I, I used yeah. to be like hardcore weeaboo. And, and in some ways, I guess I still am. But I, I owned like a. But I was more like interested in like actually going and visiting Japan than say like the anime and the games and all that. Anime oh. games cool too, but uh, I had, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had I had bought a lot of books of like art and photographs and and stories about just like visiting Japan and like what the culture's like because that stuff kind of interests me. They're probably yeah. like the most far and removed from ours as far as anywhere else in the world. And it, it was interesting when. 
one of them was about a a, a European British woman moving to Japan to live there for like a few years, and she has a chapter on like sexuality. Something about how what immediately struck her was a billboard that she drove past that just had like an exposed nipple of like like feel like of a woman breastfeeding, like advertising some kind of breast, uh, you know, some kind of formula or something for babies. And it's just something like you'd never see anywhere else in the Western world. But from what she understood, having some discussions with people in Japan, nudity does not equate sex like it does everywhere right. else. Yeah, mm. nudity is just naked bodies. It doesn't mm. actually mean anything. Um, I think it de-escalates. I mean, I feel like Europe's much more comfortable with sexualization than we are as that's well. A, yeah, it's, it's wonders of being a Puritan country. Uh, appeared and founded rather. Wonders. Yeah. Um, and and stuff like, you know, families bathe together. This stuff is, is all fairly normal to them. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. It's strange how that sort of evolves over time. They also do have like kind of a voyeurism problem. There is that too. Yeah. yeah. Like that's like the, that's like the flip side, which is, which is also kind of an interesting discussion. Right. <sighs> that's kind of what that extra credits video goes into. Is yeah. Like okay. Voyeurist stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is interesting. I like, I like extra credits. Yeah. Been a while since I've seen a video. They were founded by SCAD students. Oh, really? Extra Credits was a SCAD alumni project. Oh, that's uh, super cool. Yeah. The main guy's an animator, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan. Dan. Uh, Dan. Dan Harmon. Yeah, just Dan. Dan Harmon. <laughs> just Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Um, we'll touch on like one or two short uh, topics. Talking topics. News. We're going to talk about Nazis? The news desk. Oh, do you want to talk about Nazis? I mean, I thought that was big-ish one. I don't want to take away from your no, points. No, no, no. You no that's fine. I, I'm not, like, bound to any of these. I mean, these have kind of been accumulating for the past, like, week or two. Um, that's right. It's not none. Well, I'll go real quick just because there's some thematically that are similar. Uh, a lot of people are either closing down, going out of business, or, like, significantly shrinking. Yeah. Um, including the Chinese room. Yeah. It's basically going down to three people, like the two founders, uh, Jessica Curie, Mm-hmm. And her husband, I believe, and then one other person. Uh, so that sucks. Yeah. Because I really like Dear Esther and have yet to play Everyone Goes to the Rapture. It's kind of downhill after Dear Esther. Yeah. Think so? I didn't like Everyone Goes. I remember the... Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, and that's probably what I should just end it there. Because <laughs> this is kind of sad. I don't like any company's clothing, closing, of course. And I think they definitely still have some talent. But I thought Everyone Goes was not... As good. Their, their uh, new project that was actually had some gameplay to it. I can't remember what it's called, but it actually seemed pretty cool. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Dear uh, Esther obviously started walking simulators, or at least made them more prominent. You know, more yeah. prominent. Um, you know, hey, these can make money, so they're now valid or whatever. Um, uh, and then I I played, or actually I didn't play. I watched Lauren play. Um, Everybody's gone to the rapture. And that game is stylistically cool and thematically cool, but it's just like I mean, you're just walking around. So if 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 you can enjoy a game purely for like aesthetic and narrative merit, it's good. Um and the story's pretty good, if not a little predictable. Um but it's I mean I, I it, it she was playing it and you know she's an English major and was like really really absorbing that stuff. But uh, I couldn't have gotten all the way through it. I remember there was a big debacle with the walking speed, and everyone's gone to oh, the yeah. rapture. It's criminally slow. You're just like, 
like even even after some shit happens in that game and it's like all right it's you know it would be good justification to speed it up you know jog or something <laughs> mm-hmm. um you're still like you're still just like wow this is a really quaint english town i guess i'll walk through it you know and that's just like kind of the whole theme of the, or the i don't know the whole vibe of the game right well to answer your question the I, ending I, is cool i do i do like those like i, I really like dearest is probably one of my favorite games yeah dearest is like, great um what else was i thinking of like despite the fact that I didn't like Virginia and the storytelling in Virginia, um, I respect Virginia for what it was trying to do. Was yeah. that the Chinese room? No, Virginia was. Uh, but Virginia's in the same vein where like right. the only interaction is you walk and then you press A on one specific thing and that makes that you go to a That was the one scene. about the slave, right? Or the maid or the African American culture? No. And, no? Virginia's okay. like a um, Twin Peaks Ask it's oh, it's a criminal right, 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 it's a missing right. persons Never investigation. Mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh and then it's also about like these two partners that just met or or these two FBI partners. Um and it's like their first uh investigation together. Gotcha. Mm. And they're getting used to one another. All right. Um and there's no dialogue, which is also really cool. So like a lot of body language communicating everything. Um, but yeah, that's a shame. Like, I really like, I think they were doing a lot of cool stuff with, with storytelling. I, I guess I would imagine everyone's gone to the rapture didn't sell well or well enough. I mean, it's sold, it's sold, I would get what I would consider well. I don't know what their, what their, I don't know how many copies, but I also don't know what their, what their cost production was like. I mean, it's, it's a, it seemed like a pretty high budget game. Yeah. I don't know how much they spent on it. Um, I don't either. Um, I also don't know how big of their, big their team was. Yeah. I mean, they also shot themselves in the foot a little bit press wise and some other things. Not that, not that I disagree with, oh man, it's, uh, it's too hard for me to remember what happened to be specific, but like about Jessica's stuff, uh, someone from the Chinese room said that Jim Sterling said some shit that like was incorrect or something. Like they basically accused him of saying something that, um, that he didn't actually say about the Chinese room. I think it was Jim Sterling. Uh-huh. I don't like Jim Sterling. I think he's like, you know, kind of an asshole. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And, and that he fosters a um, community of people who would say, oh, you must be good at video games to review them. Yeah. And that's kind of his style. But, you know, all my, all my, my, my disdain for Jim Sterling aside, uh, I, I, they were actually being dishonest about him saying something about them. And it like got them a lot of shit. You think, mm. But it probably wasn't out of malice. They probably, do you think? Well, Jim Sterling didn't like their game because he doesn't like walking simulators because he can't appreciate art or whatever. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, so he, he like gave them a bad review. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Sterling. Um, but yeah, so he gave them a bad review. Uh, and then, they said that he said something about mean about them, oh. which he didn't actually say. Oh, so they're accusing him of some sort of yeah, libelous so their, thing. Their side mm. of it, well, well, yeah, Jim Sterling can suck, and he was maybe unfair to them. Was totally fabricated, hmm. right? And that so so I think that made them uh, a little difficult to work with in the eyes of some people, and maybe hard to get funding and all this other stuff. I just think they they like sort of maybe. Put themselves in a bad position. Well, it didn't help with, with because I remember one of the first things we talked about um, on this podcast was uh, Jessica Curry um, coming out and saying that 
yeah, I was my ideas for game design were attributed to other people on the team because I'm female. So basically, because everyone's gone to the Rapture was originally a PS4 exclusive or timed exclusive, and when her husband and some people from the team would go down to Sony Santa Monica and pitch Uh a game and have design talks, he would attribute ideas to the guys that were with him. Oh, okay, yeah. Not Jessica. And she said, this is... And I would ask him why he did that, and he would say, like, well, I feel like it would be better accepted when coming from this other person. Right, sure. Um, So, and I also think Jessica Curry is, like, an amazing composer. Right. Um, So that was something that I found so frustrating and you know mm-hmm. not to yeah understandable n- not to put mason on blast but he said i don't think that's what's happening and i was just like it says right here <laughs> her husband admitted to it like oh man that like that set me off and but but yeah like if, if they've had bad run-ins with like people like jim sterling or like maybe i don't know what their company culture was or anything like that but i think they've made great stuff in the past and yeah i it's a real shame. Hopefully. Yeah, keep absolutely capable artists, really great, really great developers with a lot of insight. I so it's just sounds like they have some personal shit they got to work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully they can, you know, ramp back up into something. They said they're tooling around with something. I don't know if it's the same thing that yeah, you it saw. Was a, yeah, it was that game. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I need to look it up. I think it was in the article. Yeah. Yeah, it was in there. It, like they they talk about it in their blog post. But yeah, it did. I remember hearing about it before, and it did look really cool. Uh, it actually had gameplay. Isometric Adventure Total Dark, now called the 13th Inferior. Huh. And then have secured the funding needed to build a prototype of mystery project Little Orpheus. Yeah, that's what I was talking Little about. Little Orpheus? Which actually had gameplay to it. Okay. If I remember correctly. Interesting. Yeah. Neat. Uh, well, good luck to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. Um, Another kind of, uh, who is it? Volition is laying off people. I actually hadn't heard about that one. Because apparently Agents of Mayhem didn't do well. I hadn't even heard of Too Agents bad. of Mayhem before now, so that's probably why. So it's basically like um, Saints Row, but not Saints Row. It's, oh, it's so got Volition like... made a knockoff of their own game. <laughs> no, I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's like cracked down by way of Saints Row. Okay, basically, huh. it's got a lot of the same. It's not as like I think it tries to do. It's I think it's also supposed to be a humorous game, but it doesn't strike as true as the Saints Row games did and I don't know it, apparently it's got a lot of stuff that's that's holding it down. I feel like this is why I could never end up at a major AAA studio like if I didn't pull my weight then sorry here's the door <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. They, that's why they call it a revolving door because like yeah. everyone's looking for a new job every year um, which is what am I sucks for them. One of my close friends from SCAD just got accepted as a mocap artist at 2K though oh cool yeah. oh sweet Congrats he's working with wrestlers to make, the right. rest, to make the WWE games. Do we get free Dude, copies of WWE? That would be so fun. Like, yeah, it's yeah. actually, it sounds like a, a fucking awesome job. He, yeah. I mean, he moved, he, uh, I mentioned him before. He was the guy I was friends with in high school who I met up with and, oh, and yeah, scattered yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, uh, just a couple weeks ago, moved from Virginia out to Los Angeles. That's cool. Making mocap. Well, Volition, at, cool. at least one of Volition's um, offices is in uh, Illinois. Because apparently they just pull all the talent out of University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Huh. Because it's a huge engineering school. Mm-hmm. So it's just like immediately from there into volition for a lot <laughs> of their really talented like computer science students. That's cool. I wonder what their team size was like prior to the, the, the layoffs. layoffs. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's probably the average size of a regular AAA 
first party studio. That goes all mm-hmm. over the place though. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was interesting watching uh Jeff Kaplan talk on the forums recently about Overwatch starting as like a a forty person team and currently it's like a hundred and two. Ballooning, yeah. 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 So, oh wow! I, I think it I evolves based bigger. on I think it evolves based on the needs of the game. Right. I mean, you yeah. see that all the time. Yeah. Like you still you'll see layoffs even with a game that's successful because um, and you know they should be like contracted, but you know they you have like concept artists that are like super important in pre production, but during production, you know you try yeah. to get them working on a different project if you're that big enough studio. Otherwise, it's like all right, we gotta find work from you to justify you know your salary. That's why you gotta be multifaceted. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know if someone's a really talented concept artist. I'm not gonna sometimes yes, yeah, sometimes no. Right. But yeah, yeah, that's why like I, you know, it's way harder to get into. But AAA seems like kind of where I want to end mm-hmm. up. Yeah, um, because the Theclas you know, of the world. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone is uh, everyone is very multifaceted, so everyone's valuable at any time during development. Um, and it seems like. Like the projects are riskier, but everyone also is like it's a more flat hierarchy, and everybody's interested, and everyone's still having a job, yeah, and having a living and stuff. Um, and that just seems like a way more, not only like, you know, uh, like rewarding place to work and like a secure place to work, but also just like a more like, like that that place to work that that business would have more creative potential. Just because everyone's happy and like feels secure in the, yeah. you know, and like they're all working on something. And you could have that in you the know. bigger studios. It's just, it's, you know, it's a lot of these, you know, you have a publisher who has a, a business priority and then yeah. you have the studios that have a creative priority. And it's, I don't know, it's, yep. We got a lot of, a lot of things to figure out. That, that SAG AFRA strike got settled for the voice actors. Yeah. It took what, six months or something? I think it was a year. I, I could assume closer to a year. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. But I, I super think other developers in other roles should unionize. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you kick that off, but I don't know. I, I mean, I agree with you, but I don't know. I like it's really hard to say what does that do to the quality of games in general. Does it make them better? Does it make them safer because people now have to pay everyone? more consistently but i mean at the end like, of the day like like look at like red dead redemption 2 looks like an amazing game like it looks like it's it's bound to be like a really awesome game you might you, you might agree or disagree yeah All right, I, it's, it's, it's a, I, I, I wasn't that inspired but it looks it looks like pretty it's a rock star quality game yeah right yeah. so if people yeah. if, if that comes out and a bunch of people play it and say this is an amazing game is that worth all the sleepless nights all these developers had to work on or all these qa people like I don't know, like, at the end of the day, I would sacrifice some, my art a little bit, just so people don't, yeah. get, you know, their life okay, expenses. Well, you're you're telling us as someone who's working on two game projects, like, simultaneously right now, so, so, like, I, I, I'm only working right now, so to me, it feels worth it. Um, But you're also in but, charge of that, right. is an argument. I am also in charge of that, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm only, like, I don't always want to work, but it's very easy for me to justify working, right? And um, then ask someone like the people at Chinese Room, who for them it was that or close. You know, right. you have to be able to make an ends meet if you're a company. So, so it's it's definitely like I think like I'm worried that you, like unionization is very good for AAA, but it might not be so good for AAA. 
mm-hmm. you know, smaller studios that actually like, you know, I don't know, not, it, it sort of sounds like I'm advocating paying people less than what they're worth, but, uh, a true businessman, the, 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 the sad, the sad fact is that programmers get paid less in games than they get. Like you are not going to make a hundred, you know, 120 K a year salary in games, at least not until you've been in the industry for like ages and yeah, are yeah. in like a very high level position. Yeah. But if you're, I mean, if you're like, you know, writing engine code or something and are just starting out like 40, 50 K is like super common. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if, if, if we increase that to like normal programmer standards, you know, do we, we probably get less games a year, which is honestly probably a good thing. <laughs> and I don't know if it means that maybe it means we have to make some safer games for a while. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not against it or for it. I just like, it's really hard to project the consequences, but you're right. People, people aren't making enough and are having to live really riskily, which is never good. Or just like are super stressed out. Yeah. Like, all the time. Like, yeah. I don't care if like oh, Rockstar yeah. might make great games, but I don't want to shave off some life expectancy right. of someone by a couple of years or something. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that shit that, that, that I think it was, I can't remember if it was a tweet or if it was like a blog post or something, but Blizzard was like, Overwatch is a 24 seven affair for us. We don't, we don't ever stop working on it. And they're it, like, that sounds like a great idea. That sounds healthy. Yeah. yeah it's, it was, it was a blog post and really there's, there's sort of this outcry from at least some of the community that I'm a part of, you know, being, uh-huh. being an Overwatch player where the, some of them are starting to go like, wow, we really are sort of wearing them ragged, you know, I mean, lots of players sort of feel like the state of the game is um, not great at any given time. Some of us are fine with it, but it almost feels like, you know, the ones who are not okay with it are the loudest and the complaining the most in the forums and that's creating problems for the developers. Hmm. Because of Overwatch fandom, I feel like they'll only ever be able to solve problems in that game additively. Yeah. Which is a very, very scary position to be in if you're making Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fucking terrifying. And that forum I, touches on that. Like, Jeff yeah. said, like, you know, I am terrified to come here and make posts because if, as soon as you say something on a forum post about a video game, it is law. That is happening. And if you try and backtrack... Then, right. you know, then, then, the the internet's not right. going to forget that. And it's like, it, it, you know, it's just this like first marshmallow bullshit where the <laughs> players like the players like don't I don't know what else to call it. Like the players like they they same thing same thing actually happens in Rocket League and I played Elite Dangerous for a while and that same thing mm-hmm. happens there too. Yeah, I remember, um, Elite but Dangerous. not in as like rabid and insane numbers as you have in Overwatch. Yeah. But anyways, the. the what happens is that they don't understand that this is just something we're talking about and game development is an iterative process. When they say that they've done something, they think it's, all right, well, you figured it all out. Yeah, like we're, we're going to do this. And they no, don't understand that there's testing. like a million moving <laughs> parts on a very, very iterative, very like, you know, so not black and white process. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, that's, I mean, there's been, how many how many threads have there been this year about like, you know, Oh, I hate it when gamers say just add multiplayer or like right. oh my you know, God. Gamer, gamers not yeah. knowing what goes into game development. Flip the multiplayer switch on. Come on. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Done. Cool. Right. Sorry. I, I can't believe I left that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I mean, Pyre. Get on it. <laughs> I just, you know, Overwatch is in a particularly nasty position where, like, say there's like a broken character, of which there are many in Overwatch. Wow. At any given time, like four or five, but yeah. Right. They can't. They can never solve that problem by just removing the character, right? 
which yeah, is yeah. a imagine if you were making halo and you made all these guns for halo and then you realize that in practice they don't work that great but you weren't able to actually test them because your focus groups that you're testing them with like while they're still decent will never will never match like the entire base that overwatch has and you're like oh we're removing one gun and then you know you, people start getting death threats over that right which is just i mean yeah it's like i don't understand how the the most the like the best overwatch fans like the most devout fans can look at themselves and justify this behavior like i don't know, I don't know. It's, um, it's very frustrating i do want to point out in that same week that he made that like really long forum post about uh -huh. you know what it's like working on this with all you people yeah uh, which touches back on the fandom thing we said earlier what you mean by you people <laughs> <laughs> everyone who plays overwatch uh <laughs> sorry we're all shit um <laughs> no uh he made another post on uh he made another reply to a forum post where someone said like this testing team needs to be removed or replaced or something like that and man it was so good it was like full justice porn where where Jeff Kaplan came in and was like, make a productive post or don't say anything at all. Don't ever suggest that someone on our team needs to be removed. See you in 30 days. <sighs> yeah. <Woo. laughs> Damn. Yeah. Like, enjoy your ban. Bam. Get the hell out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kaplan's house. Yeah. Um. So it's it's cool that he's he's a, he's a good face. I think I think so too. Because because yeah. he sort of understands the community in a good way, but knows when to lay down the law as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to cut everything short, and we haven't gotten to talking about Nazis responding to Pete Hines, but uh, I we actually have to wrap up. Okay, because uh, I forgot. Uh, going to the orchestra tonight. Oh, oh no. sweet! All That'll right. be cool. They're playing. Uh, they're playing Pokemon music. Woo! <laughs> oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh no, man, I was you like, enjoy. Well, because you know when when and I want to hear an orchestral version of like Pallet Town. That oh, would be. I want to hear the bicycle theme. Oh yeah, dude. Playing an orchestra. So because <laughs> uh, when video games live rolled by, uh, I was like, ah, uh, like some of these songs it would be really cool to hear an orchestra play, but then they're gonna play like a fucking Final Fantasy medley, and I'm not gonna be into it at all. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, what the hell right. is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In, but Pokemon. But I know all the Pokemon music, so yeah. fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, unless they're going to play... Tonight we're only playing Sun and Moon. All Sun and Moon music tonight. Maybe I'll just stand up. All right. Walk out. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. But no, yeah. I'm excited. But Did uh, they bring in like 50 trumpet players for the Ruby and Sapphire soundtrack? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. It's mostly like... like Video game workers are like, and here's Sephiroth's theme. Yeah. <laughs> great. As someone who never owned a PlayStation, I... Lovely. So great. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to go see Symphony of the Goddess like two months ago and missed that. Was that Zelda one? That's the Zelda one, yeah. Oh, shit. I bet that was really cool. That was playing up at Wolf Trap. Damn. I totally missed out. That's a cool name for a venue. It was, I saw Weird Al there like a year ago. Weird Al and the Wolf Trap. Yeah. It was great. Backing band. Um, Alex, where can people find you? People can find me at the Twitters. Uh, I am at G-H-O-D-A-N underscore or find my evil twin at at Braindeer Games. He sometimes posts. Sometimes. Very rarely. I, I occasionally Will you catch do. one? <laughs> I, I am not a very social media person. Oh, I'm I was sorry. talking about Braindeer Games. Oh, well, I mean, sorry. well, because he's tied to me. Right. So it's, yeah. At the hip. <laughs> Conjoined twins. Sam? Uh, you can find me at Sam Lotion. That's S-A-M-L-O-E-S-C-H-E-N. 
Um, and my website is the same, samlotion.com. Dot com. Woo, woo. Uh, and you can find this podcast and all the other Wardcast casts at ward-games.com forward slash podcast or on iTunes or on Google Play. Just look for Wardcast or on Stitcher or on... Or wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen. Got uh, some string and some tin cans? Yeah. How are you listening to this right now? <laughs> uh, we're also on Twitter at Ward Video Games. Send us a note. We'd like to know. We would love to know how you are <laughs> getting this into your ears. Do you have a carrier pigeon? Pick up a flash drive. <laughs> like, Do you have a mouse droid? <laughs> are you using a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack? Yeah. <laughs> or a USB-C. <laughs> oh, man. Answer this poll. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.